1: wrestling podcast i'm rich craig but no joe lanza today instead joining me live in the one bedroom apartment
0: oh christ (laughs) i
1: had to do it it's not a studio i got a bedroom i can't say
0: in the you know that's not what i was objecting to
1: okay oh okay but anyway i'm joined by the man myth the legend our raw reviewer here at voiceswrestling.com sean flynn you can follow him at on twitter at spiffy 6123 sean how are you
2: I'm doing good. I, I assumed you mentioned the bedroom just to point out that this isn't a basement. Right, exactly.
1: That we that two wrestling fans can converge in a place that's not a basement. And then we also are joined via the Skype line. You heard him a little bit. It's Mr. Rob McCarron. He's the host of the Shake Them Ropes podcast at Shake Them Ropes. The podcast is obviously on voicewrestling.com, YouTube, and all that other good stuff. Rob, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing excellently. Like, this is my dream come true. In what ways? Oh, don't follow up That's on that statement. Life. I'm not going to Don't follow <laughs> up on that statement. Let's just move on. Oh, it's a dream come true. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited that it takes two people to fill in for Joe Lanza. Like how it does really Joe does. Lanza's yeah, I mean, ego feel?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like the pure, I mean, to get three hours to get like, you know, you need right. that. You, and he talks for, you know, 40 minutes at a time. So we need something to fill that gap. I'm thinking if Sean goes on for 20 minutes about something that he's going to rant about, then you do 20 minutes. We're there and then we're good. And we've filled that 40 minute vortex. So. <laughs> That's that was the idea here, Absolutely. but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few different things here. Of course, we're gonna talk about Sid because that
0: is now an official. It was the theme of my day,
1: <laughs> right? And it's the referendum on, on all voice of wrestling podcast. But yeah, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get in a little bit of Sid. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of a preview of WrestleMania. I think it's I think it's time, and I think Joe and I are gonna want to focus on a little bit more of kind of the uh, obviously New Japan. We got some stuff going on there. We obviously have. Um, you know, the independent shows that are going on in the weekend. So I wanted these guys, because obviously we have the Raw reviewer here. We have Rob and You obviously review Raw for, you know, Wrestling Observer Figure Four online. So we got two heavyweights in the Raw review. So why not talk WrestleMania? Let's preview. I'm sorry. But you know what? Everybody wanted to preview WrestleMania. We talked about that on our Twitter account today, is that of the thing that everybody wants to review, or, you know, we have all these indie shows, and there's all these great indie shows, and everybody wants to review or preview WrestleMania. Nobody wants to review it though, so we'll we'll, we'll do a preview here. Raw, uh, we can maybe talk about. It. I didn't watch Raw. I'm sure you guys did. Well, I hope you guys did because you. I <laughs> try <laughs> not to. I was gonna say I read your review, so I'm hoping you did. Rob, uh, I'm assuming you have also watched Raw, I, so
0: you can. I watched Raw, and it was the first time, honestly, in maybe two years since I ever started writing about it for F4W. The first time in two years that I did not watch it on Monday. I didn't watch it until Tuesday morning because oh. I'm like, and it's mania season. Like, how do you miss a it's show during mania mean, season? I'm like, well, you know what? I just wanted to not watch wrestling tonight.
1: Yeah, it was it was so weird because we were out. I forgot. Uh, the girlfriend and I were out, and she was like, it's Monday. Don't you want to watch Raw? And I was like, no, um, we can keep, like, shopping for clothes or something like that. It was just like, oh, God, it's Monday. Don't you want to? I was like, no, it, it it's okay. It, it's fine. So
2: every, every Monday night, but particularly this one. I sit at home, and I'm sitting with my wife, and we're watching TV, and 7.30, she's like, do you want me to go into the other room so you can watch Raw and start writing your review? I'm like, no, let's let's watch some more stuff on the DVR. 8, 8.30, <laughs> 9, 9.30, she's like, you really need to start writing. I'm like, let me watch don't The Overrun. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me. Oh, come on. I've got new heart to watch
1: so we'll talk a little bit of raw obviously if none of us want to talk about it uh, also Jimmy Jacobs uh, moving on to WWE creative Sean is a huge Jimmy Jacobs fan I don't like Jimmy Jacobs oh, uh, Rob I'm not sure your opinion but I brought in the primo number one Jimmy Jacobs fans so we'll talk all about you know age of the fall his favorite Jimmy Jacobs moments on the independent scene uh, Jimmy loves Lacey there's just so much I mean that that could be our entire thing if we wanted to yes. with the super fan here and is the site what are you going to do with the uh, the fan, the Jimmy Jacobs fan site
2: I'm hoping to just turn it into sort of a shrine to what we all got to enjoy for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and years (laughs) and years on the indie scene. When we get to Jimmy Jacobs, that may be the part where we make up for Joe's absence Yes,
1: I was going to say, I could could feel you stewing right now. And then also, we all attended the Ring of Honor show in Chicago uh, this past weekend, the uh, the return of Samoa Joe to uh, Chicago. So we're going to talk a little bit about that card, what we saw, what we liked uh the funny remarks that we made throughout the show because that was what we did best you know is, <laughs> is make fun of things because we're, we're cool people like that uh and then obviously a little bit into new japan uh we're not going to get i know if you're, you're coming on this podcast you usually assume we're going to be you know really heavy new japan really heavy japan we're gonna go a little bit different here we're gonna talk about it because rob's pretty familiar with it sean i know you're a little bit behind on, on some of the stuff you watch them big shows but that's kind of the day-to-day stuff you kind of stay shows
2: and the be- the big matches that people point out to me mm-hmm. but I, I don't have the time to sit around and do the yeah, I'm gonna watch New Japan World for three hours.
1: Well, you're just not cool then. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you go into the other room or something when Rob and I talk, but no we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the new Japan Cup, uh, what we thought of the, the you know the major matches, the winner, uh, and all that stuff. And then a little bit about invasion attack, too. We'll do a little preview. But uh, I think Joe and I are gonna do a more proper preview, obviously leading up to uh, invasion attack. And we might talk uh, New Japan Cup as well, but it'll be old news by the time we do that. Um, and then a little bit about TNA who had a uh, pretty good show. I don't know. Did you watch that? Uh... I did. I saw the match. Okay, you saw the match. And that's really all you kind of had to see. Rob, I, I assume you have seen...
0: No, I, I don't... I, as I've said on my podcast, I don't watch TNA until they prove that they can be relevant for something. I just don't... Oh, well, that,
1: so The Spud EC3 was really... And that's... I'm, I'm right with you, too. I do not watch it unless prompted. And this was like a one where people were like, you go watch this. Go, You know, you got to watch it. Right. So I did, and I, I enjoyed it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I know uh, yeah. Sean and I probably have some... Pretty decent opinions about that, and and you know I, I actually I really liked it. And I thought it was like fun to see like oh my god like <laughs> TNA could actually do something right occasionally. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and then of course you know we mentioned at the top we'll talk Sid at some former fashion. Uh, what do you guys want to start with here? Start with Mania. Let's do Mania. Okay. I think that works. Wait, Raw thoughts in like five minutes. <laughs> really hoping that would be like a subtle, like just passerby of WWE Raw. Well, Sean shuddered when I mentioned it, so I think that's a good indication that we could just kind of go to WrestleMania. Quick,
0: quick raw thoughts is they can't, they can never decide whether the backstage segments want to be like public or if we're not supposed to know what's happening backstage because the theme of this mm-hmm. entire show. Was Seth Rollins using these backstage segments, knowing the cameras there, hoping Randy Orton is just somewhere in the corner watching the show. Like, we're going to get him. We're going to fool him with all this stuff going on. What's the purpose? Like, I know it's wrestling. It doesn't matter. But what's the purpose of these segments? To fool Randy Orton? To fool us? As if it's this big surprise when Randy Orton basically gave it away in the opening anyway? They, they can never decide what these backstage segments want to be.
2: It's especially bad given that after all these years of watching the show, we have evidence that no one ever actually is watching the show. Who's in the show? Why would There's, they? Right, no, I'm gonna sit by this smart. monitor. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but using using backstage segments to talk to other wrestlers, you'd be better off getting carrier pigeons or smoke signals. So no one's ever seen the show. No, are,
1: are we positive Randy Orton wasn't viewing the monitor from a, a, a side angle where you know you you. Because you always have to be looking at the camera. You have to be facing the camera while watching the monitor
3: I'm,
2: with your I, arms crossed. We we know for a fact he wasn't doing it. I assume if he was watching it, he was in viper pose the whole time, <laughs> just sitting there banging his fists on the floor and everyone's walking around. I'm like, okay,
0: Randy. I would have liked, I would have liked like a split screen and you see Randy Orton casually walking somewhere backstage, like glancing at a monitor and he stops and he's like, oh, what's this? Interesting. <laughs> Seth Rollins hmm. Seth Rollins, <laughs> and his team is not they're not on the same page well look at here but no you don't get that even like it's just to yeah, fool it, us
1: it's a weird dynamic yeah I don't I don't quite and, and I've always kind of I mean we've kind of grown up with that and that's kind of what the backstage segment's supposed to be but the whole like philosophy behind this like weird like center of people walking in and out and like you can say something about somebody and they don't know, and then nobody attacks anybody because there's not really any more backs you know, backstage. So we used to see that a lot more, where there would be like an attack backstage or something like that. You don't really see it. Everybody's kind of like hands off, and they're all like, "All right, well, like, I will meet you in there." And I guess like we're trying to break down the psychology of WWE, and that's probably not a very good thing to do but I've just always wondered why they they're so obsessed with them and I don't I don't know why I've really just never quite got it why I'd be
0: completely fine again I don't care about what they did in these backstage segments and you know what it was something to fill the three hours of raw that they have but decide what you want the backstage segments to be whether they're public so everyone and you know everyone sees them or whether they're supposed to be things that no one else knows and we're just kind of in the fourth wall there and just watching this like no one else on the show should know but I, I just decide what you want the segments to be it's it's funny
2: because you they've got the segments now where it feels like almost everything at this point is intended for public to, for the public to see and for the, everyone in, to know that they're not hiding behind the doors anymore because it all has that sort of pronouncement air mm-hmm. to it everyone's talking almost to the cameras at the same time. And that's why every once in a while, it seemed they do when they break it and be like, you need to not see this. They seem to make the effort to say, to push the cameraman out or to go away from Mm -hmm. it. But they still all talk as though no one's actually going to watch.
1: it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. Uh, any other any other thoughts, uh, Raw Rob, Rob, anything else that stood out to you before we get to our Mania preview? No, but
0: this kind of relates to WrestleMania here. So we've been following along what WWE has done from Fastlane to the Raws in between. I, this was another episode that gave us something that we should be waiting for at WrestleMania with the whole Battle Royal segment with Kane and Mark Henry. And, right. and this is we got Sting given the Scorpion death drop and basically annihilating Triple H at Fastlane. We had the Battle Royal this week on Raw. We had Randy Orton completely destroying Seth Rollins getting revenge (laughs) two weeks ago. And no one really cares about the IC title, which is the gimmick they're going on. No one wants to hold on to this belt. Like, what? Is, I mean, the only thing we haven't seen at WrestleMania yet is Undertaker coming for Bray Wyatt. That's the only right, thing we really Brock haven't Lesnar, seen.
1: Like, Roman Reigns visibly pinning Brock Lesnar. That would be the, like, And, and that's. Like, it's not for real. This Like, a non title Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Right. Actual. Basically, we, we still do. have one more
2: week. That's
0: true. We, we could see that next week. We see Roman Reigns punch out Brock Lesnar standing over right. him with the Chris Jericho pinfall pose. And all of a sudden right. it's over and WrestleMania is just a holding the title above his yeah. head and like,
1: oh, this could happen at WrestleMania <laughs> and
0: Then pointing to the side, of course. Yeah. I mean, they just ah. keep giving things away in the build up to this. It's been one of the most mind boggling builds in all of WrestleMania history that I can remember.
1: Yeah. Maybe that, that that's a good topic. Cause I think we're, we're pretty much exhausted with raw and I've been trying to rack my brain and Sean, I don't know if you've thought about this either. In terms of WrestleMania builds, because I think there's always, like, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, too, and everybody was like, ah, oh, everybody complains about every build or whatever. But I feel like we don't do that. I feel like for most times, the WrestleMania build has something in it. It's pretty good. There's at least one or two matches. Sean, can you recall a, a build to WrestleMania that has been just this? My I, I do not remember, honestly, anyone in my recent memory where I've went, Because it seems like there's always pay-per-views that are like that. There's random SummerSlam. But I always feel like WrestleMania is like, okay, they got it. They know what they're doing, and they do it.
2: It's hard to remember a year where there's been nothing that's had a hook for me or nothing that's been, okay, everything else is going to be crap, but we'll, we'll, we'll get something out of this. And I know that there's potential for some decent wrestling to happen there, but like Rob was saying, it's like the story's already been pretty much told in right. all of these cases. So there's not that air of suspense. Pretty much the only suspenseful thing is whether or not The Undertaker is going to just like collapse into a giant pile of limbs (laughs) in his match. And as interesting as that is, I don't know that you can sell that. But I wonder how much of that is the fact that they're no longer selling Mm -hmm. pay-per-views. They're selling events and spectacles as part of the network. So the idea of building up the matches to their big conclusion and to, to blowing off feuds isn't as important as just, here's a lot of people that you like. You should watch them on the network.
0: Well, I think there's a point to that. I I cons- I can, consider most of the pay-per-views we've seen recently exactly that, to where they haven't really concentrated what you're getting on the final product on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Or they're filling TV time. This WrestleMania, to me, screams a card that they think is a spectacle card. Like, this is a card that all of our fans are interested in because you're getting Sting Triple H, which is, a, you know, Sting is the guy that we've wanted to see for a while and that fans who are lapsed from the late nineties would be interested in maybe not the matchup that everyone was hoping for by any means, but this is a card that I'm thinking if they're a writer in that room and Vince is in that room with all of the creative team, like this is a card he thinks was a job well done.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I, 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 am with you on that. I do really think that they think that this is a pretty good, I think knowing kind of the, the mentality of Vince McMahon and how he likes Wrestlemania's I mean I think he thinks that yeah we're we're bringing you know we're bringing back the Undertaker that's a big deal he's a, a superstar we're bringing in Sting I you know no matter how they 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 approach it I mean it's obvious that they probably think Sting is a pretty big deal or at least somebody up you know upstairs or whatever knows that Sting is a big deal and is it, I mean he wouldn't be in a, a featured match and he wouldn't be focused as much as he is I mean the way they're doing it is obviously what we'll get into that you know, leaves a little to be desired for. But yeah, he's still they considered an attraction. Obviously, Brock Lesnar is... I mean, this is the crescendo of the Brock Lesnar thing. This is why you paid him all this money to... to to do that, and and the Roman Reigns thing, Roman Reigns thing as well. I think that is really we sort of. I think a lot of us kind of think of it as like, yeah, it's Roman Reigns in the main event or whatever. But I, I'm guessing to Vince, it's like this is the coronation of the next era yeah. of WWE, like, and that's that's what the show was always intended to be. Even a year out, I mean, we kind of knew what the main event was going to be even a year ago, and we knew that'd be the coronation of okay, John Cena was our old featured superstar or whatever. Now it's Roman Reigns, but it's still, it just doesn't feel like we're anywhere near that or any, yeah, I, I don't
2: know. That's the disconnect. They've done a very good job of building up Vince McMahon's vision for what a very good WrestleMania is going to be. They've, they've got the Roman Reigns train going in full speed. They're setting up for one of those classic moments where the next guy comes in, but because Everything around it has been so apathetic. There's never been that moment where the crowd fully bought into Reigns. So the build feels like it's all about Lesnar. Mm -hmm. And when at that point, if it's all about Lesnar, then that's not going to hook. That's not a WrestleMania story. The WrestleMania story about a bad guy beating up people isn't what you aim to at the end.
1: No, it's, it's that the, the the baby face winning. And, and like, yeah, there's just, I don't, it's really weird. Yeah, Rob, I, and maybe I'll pose the same question to you. Do you recall a WrestleMania in recent memory that has had such a, you know, mediocre build? Because I'm going back and I'm watching a lot of the more recent WrestleManias. Like people kind of go back, and I've, I've been guilty of this before. I always go back and I start with like the 80s and the 90s or whatever. And then I realize I haven't watched a lot of like the last 10 WrestleManias or whatever, the last five or six or whatever. I watched them live, but never really went back and watched them. So I've done that, and I've really kind of been, you know, Amazed at how, yeah, I remember these builds being pretty damn good I mean, there were a few of the Bret Hart and Vince McMahon comes to mind It's just a not good, like just an awful, awful, awful build But most of the main events, save for maybe the Miz-Cena one Which was kind of odd, that was, you know, Cena But that was Cena and Rock throwing jabs at each other in the Miz was just kind of like, hey, I'm in the match too But like, it was still entertaining though There was still that idea of, hey, what the hell is The Rock going to do when he's there or whatever But there was some, you know, matches t- to there that was pretty interesting The Rock-Cena stuff I enjoyed for the most part CM Punk, Undertaker, who obviously left a lot to be desired, but then you always had those Undertaker, Triple H, Undertaker, Michaels. You always had those sort of backbones. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you recall anything in the, maybe the last 10 years that has had such a, a, a miserable build or at least, at least just an apathetic build? Maybe it's not miserable, but it's just been boring. Y- you know? I think the last
0: one I would think of uh, is probably WrestleMania 23. Uh, I, I know people were excited. Well, first of all, the plans went awry when Triple H got hurt uh, early mm-hmm. on in that year, so everything was just kind of thrown together. But yeah, John Cena and Shawn Michaels that I think were people people were pretty excited for. But outside of that, I mean, that was the hair versus hair with Vince and Donald Trump. And everything was, you know, focused on Umaga and Bobby Lashley and those two. And I think longtime fans kind of just groaned like I I know why they did it, because that was going to be the business of that pay-per-view. But still, we're getting a big push for those two guys and then a John Cena HBK match. And that was kind of it. Uh, you had the ECW stuff going on. You had yeah, what else was on that? I just watched it a few days ago. And now I don't even remember Yeah, I
1: mean, you had, what was on WrestleMania 23. That might be that might be a great example. Yeah, to...
0: and, and all the guys, there were top guys thrown together in the Money in the Bank match this year. Kind of like they're somewhat, you know, top guys like Daniel Bryan thrown in the Intercontinental title match this year. You had Kennedy in there, Orton, Jeff Hardy, Edge. Like it was a star studded mm-hmm. ladder match. But outside of that, oh, yeah,
1: I don't remember a lot of this stuff. Yeah, Undertaker Batista. I remember that match, but then the rest. I mean, yeah, the, the, Kali Kane. The, I can't
0: remember. the CW. And I think one of the things that hurt it was people, you know, Ric Flair was never on the card, and people still wanted to see Ric Flair on a WrestleMania. Like, there were
1: oh, good God, he was in a dark match with Carlito against Gregory Helms and Chavo Guerrero, yeah. and it was a lumberjack match. Why? Yep. No, yep. that is a, No, that did not happen. <laughs> it did. I was it there was live. dark. Did anybody see it? I saw it live. No, you didn't. Was there. There's <laughs> no
0: way that happened. I was there, oh, sick as no a dog. Way. Yep.
1: Do you have a picture?
0: Oh God, no! Because I didn't have a phone back then.
1: Well, then, then, then it never happened. <laughs> I, I somebody has to show me. There's no way Gregory Helms, Chavo Guerrero faced Ric Flair and Carlito in a lumberjack in a match. lumberjack he match. media lies about everything. God, what was that? Yeah, oh Bob my Bob God! It's everybody there. was the lumberjack. Yeah. The entire roster <laughs> was lumberjacks.
0: And I don't even know who would have been left on the roster because you look at like there was a team ECW versus the New Breed match. Remember that one? Yeah, that classic where.
3: No, the, the entrances
0: <laughs> for Team ECW took longer than the match itself. It was crazy, but like I'm thinking, like Bob Holly is the only guy I can think of that could have been out there because everyone else was on this show somewhere.
1: Yeah, let's see, uh, everybody else from ECW was Balls Mahoney, Stevie Richards, Little Guido, Hardcore Holly, and Snitsky were your yes. uh, remaining ECW uh, representatives. Because, nice.
0: and that was Mania 23. Okay. But outside of that, no, I can't. Yeah, remember. there you go. Yeah, I think we found it. Yep.
1: <laughs> but it uh, did okay. So, uh, so I think ipso facto this WrestleMania is going to be the highest grossing one ever but, then, but right? do you get what
0: it, well it, it might be actually <laughs> no I got you. it might actually be just based on I mean they'll spin it to where we had the most pay-per-view orders we had the most people watching the network we had
1: wait WWE spinning numbers oh
0: yeah it never happens but <laughs> could
1: you no, go into more detail about this <laughs> <laughs> but
0: look at this I mean we look at this card and this is what I'm talking about when I see Vince backstage thinking what a great WrestleMania card I built like Brock Lesnar the unstoppable beast versus Roman Reigns the guy I'm going to make that's a dream match to him mm-hmm. you got sting and triple h the face of consistency in wcw versus the face of consistency in wwe triple h that's a dream match to him john cena and rusev unstoppable monster versus the babyface of all babyfaces, dream match to him like to vince mcmahon i bet he's thinking to himself this is the greatest wrestlemania spectacle i could ever put together and god damn it we better get two million subscribers on this day because this is my hard work paying off
1: yeah, and you, you mentioned do it to an, uh, another extent, Undertaker, Bray Wyatt. I mean, that seems like one that, like, and that seems like even in a vacuum we should really like if we, we just kind of, you know, if a year ago Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker was the match, we'd all think, I but unfortunately <laughs> we've had that extra year of Bray Wyatt where we've all kind of just went, eh, I don't look, know. Look at and, the
0: back-to-back and... years of Bray Wyatt here in his first two <laughs> WrestleManias. Like, this is his first two WrestleManias, right? He hasn't yeah. done anything else. He's going to have John Cena and The Undertaker in his first two WrestleManias.
1: There is no God. <laughs> I think we've officially, officially called that. Well, you know what? That that I think that segues us nice into a WrestleMania preview, which you already did a pretty good job of. So maybe we'll just, kind of, but no, we'll, let's let's kind of do this here. We'll, we'll we'll kind of break it down real quick, give our thoughts, um, individual. We'll just kind of bounce it off and and you know see where we go from there. Um, the Andre the giant battle royal, which I kind of forgot they were still doing, and I feel like from the roster that's in the battle royal, they kind of forgot they were they did too. it on
0: RAW. Uh, yeah, right. Oh my god. We we watched this already.
1: Yes, you did. Yeah. We saw it. Except they didn't. When and that's the thing too with like Axlemania. I mean, that's such a stupid thing Axlemania, but like how, think of how that's something that in like previous years they would have held off and that would have been like a funny WrestleMania thing where like Axel comes out, the smart crowd goes ape shit and then he's out <laughs> and they're just like all right and everybody kind of laughs it off and then everybody moves on but they had that like 3 minutes of like oh this is awesome or whatever and Vince just immediately said fuck you. No, it's not happening. Like
0: <laughs> No, it's, it's over with, but I, you know, the only thing that they're going to hang their hat on is the fact that the eventual winner of this match probably wasn't even in that segment. So at least there's something new happening at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. And then maybe we'll give uh it's a good idea there. We'll do uh, predictions as well for who you think is going to win each one. But yeah, the Andre, the giant battle Royal, uh, we have the Miz, Curtis Axel, Ryback, Fandango, Adam Rose, Zach Radder. I know you're really excited. So stick with <laughs> us. Jack Swagger, uh, Titus O'Neill, Darren Young, Big Show Kane, Eric Rowan, Damian Mizdow, Sankara, Goldust, Heat Slater, and Mark Henry are the announced guys thus far. Rob, what do you think about this match and, and who's coming home with the Andre the Giant trophy? It,
0: you know, it doesn't matter who's in it now because I got to, you'll probably put the Ascension in there. You'll probably put the uninjured Uso and then. At the end of the day, I think Sheamus is winning this match. If he's not showing up the day after WrestleMania, he's showing mm-hmm. up as a surprise here and probably winning. I mean, it's going to be 10 minutes of me thinking, what can I do here? What food can I make? What can I you know, set up for the rest of the show? Because <laughs> right. what am I doing watching 10 guys just punch each other for 10 minutes in a meaningless match where it doesn't matter who wins until the actual you know, winner pops up? And even then, last year's winner, Cesaro, look at the great run he had with the trophy. The trophy lasted one day. What's the mm-hmm. prize here? <laughs> right. What's the prize here?
1: It would almost, you know, what would honestly be better if they didn't announce the guys that are in there. I almost think that would be a nice little caveat. Like, like New Japan had the Rambo uh, before the Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. We laughed about that because it was like, oh, sweet! Like they just it shot out like seventy year old, you know, like 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 like, like Fujiwara is out there and he's like locking in the armbar. R- he's like eighty two years old and it's like that. That would be cool. And like I don't, you're not. I don't think you're really going to get that other than the Sheamus being a potential surprise. Other than that, I mean, you know how that's going to be. You know how WWE production is going to mm-hmm. handle that. All the guys are going to be in the ring. They'll have, you know, Big Show's entrance happen, and then they'll kind of wait for a sec, and then music music's going to play, right. and then he's going to come out. If he's going to come out, if he doesn't, then Big Show will come out, he'll get in the ring, and they'll ring the bell, and then everybody will start punching each other, like you said, and that's just kind of over. But, yeah, I don't know, like, who's... Almost if you did it like a Royal Rumble style, like a mini Rumble, obviously there's no way you're going to do that, but, yeah, it's kind of hard to there needs to be some hook like to add something here I, I don't know Sean what are your thoughts on the
2: pretty much the only thing the second anniversary be, the second anniversary of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal if we're using WWE get so, of interest in the Iron Bar <laughs> the Andre Rusimov Memorial uh, Battle <laughs> Royal is that they've got to finally once and for all pay off the Miz and Mizdow angle mm-hmm. and I can't imagine it being part of who actually wins but I think that that's going to be the thing in the middle of the match that kind of keeps people having to watch is at some point they've got to give that up and after that it's who cares I mean <laughs> right. do you I mean, maybe you let Curtis Axel win as a feel good moment just because it would be a thing you can do and has no meaning on anything going mm-hmm. forward maybe you throw in a couple of lighter surprises instead of the ascension you put out your
0: that's a minor <laughs> i could hardly i could hardly wait yeah do you promise they're gonna oh, be oh my god or? victor's <laughs> in there i can't wait <laughs> yeah. oh my god is that connor oh good you put them both in at the same time don't say <laughs> that come on
1: maybe they'll have a, like a, a breakup they'll tease a breakup of, of <sighs> victor and connor and then i'm a little too excited you know WWE teams in WWE only exist to eventually break up so yeah maybe we can get that yeah who, who's your prediction for winning i mean
2: um,
1: you know, Rob either, with someone who's not announced I, yeah. I would
2: say uh, either Ryback or Curtis Axel
1: yeah I, I was thinking Ryback as well of the guys that have been announced I the, the Seamus thing makes a lot of sense but I want it that is, is, I have a trouble kind of predicting that until we sort of well, s- know for a fact he's going right. to be there But yeah
0: it's a tough prediction and for the fact that I could very easily see them if you know, whether Brock Lesnar is staying post-WrestleMania or not, he's probably not going to be rematching Roman Reigns the very next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I could easily see Sheamus coming back as Roman's next challenger. And if that's the case, he's probably showing up as the you know surprise on the Raw the next night. So right. if Sheamus is not in the match, my prediction would be Ryback also.
1: That's, that's where I would go as well. And then he just kind of holds a trophy. And then like, yeah, two days later, somebody breaks it or, it, <laughs> it or whatever. So yeah, but there you go. Uh, We'll move on here to the uh, Divas tag match. We have AJ Lee, the returning AJ Lee, and Paige versus the Bellas. Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, Predictions here, and what are your thoughts on this match?
2: This is not good. (laughs) It could be good, but everyone is at such a weird place. AJ just, she's checked out more than I did in my last week of a job after I gave my notice. And Paige looks like she's just been broken being up on the roster. And just doesn't know where to go in a match anymore. And the Bellas are the Bellas. They're, they Nikki tries yeah. from time to time. But she's still not... Uh, she's not actually a pro wrestler. She's someone who performs pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You can see the wheel turn. You can see her taking... It's like a dance for her. She's like, okay, now I need to move here and move my partner here. And making hand gestures isn't going to help in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes.
1: I know, I appreciate them, but uh, nobody else knows. But
2: but yeah, it's I, I'm all for giving Divas a chance since as the resident uh, pro, the resident resident women's wrestling fan of Voices of mm-hmm. Wrestling, I, I I'm in favor of this concept. But this seems like it's setting people up to fail.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Rob, what are your thoughts on this match? This is the greatest match of all time. And I just want to take a moment. Without I mean without question. I want to take a moment to no, no. disagree with everything that was just said. Like if you were <laughs> listening to that, just scrub it out of your minds. Because first of all, Nikki Bella. I'm it Nikki Bella is oh, amazing. Yes, all right. Nikki Bella is great. Nikki Bella is the hardest worker of all of them in the history of the world. <laughs> Aside from that though, AJ Lee, I don't know if I like the checked out thing because I don't think that's her at all. I think she wants to be there or else she wouldn't be there. If she was done with WWE, she would be done with WWE. But this is a girl who wanted to be a pro wrestler her entire life. I think just because she married a guy who doesn't want to be a wrestler anymore doesn't mean she doesn't want to be a wrestler anymore. Like if she didn't want to be, look at all the things she's probably fighting through back there. She's in a locker room of bosses and executives that probably hate her by association. Yet she keeps coming back when she doesn't have to. Now, as for the match itself, I think it'll be okay. It'll be entertaining for the five minutes it gets. But as far as. You know, the women wrestler, I think the Bellas are great. I think they've been tremendous as a heel tandem, even though the tandem doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But I, I got to go with AJ and Paige finally getting the win here, or else what are we doing? Like, if the Bellas are just going to keep winning no matter what comes their way, there's no reason to keep watching that women's division.
2: Right. I forgot to, yeah,
1: who was your prediction for this guy?
2: Well... Actually, I'm feeling the Bellas because they seem to like to do something diva related on the next night's Raw. So I'm feeling the Bellas get their big triumph at Mania. And the next night you see one or more of the NXT women getting pulled
0: onto the show. You could. You could very easily debut like a Sasha or even a team on that show. You can very well debut one of those people. So I could definitely see that a possibility.
1: Yeah, as far as the match for me, um, I, I see AJ Lee and Paige winning. I, I, I think that just kind of makes sense in the story of, of what they're doing. But for me, I, I'm sort of in the in between on AJ Lee, where I don't. When she came back, I was kind of just like, yeah, you know what? I really didn't mind that she was gone, and, and and that's I've been a big fan of her for for a while. I think she's she's really good. There was that last run with Paige, where it was just kind of there. It was you know, I just feel like the whole whatever her character is right now, it needs a retuning. It needs a re because it's nothing. Right. It's like. You know what I mean? There's nothing there anymore. There's not a character to her anymore. She's just kind of a person that skips and moves her head. And I'm not really sure what she's doing or what she is or what, you know, that even Paige is sort of in that weird, you know, malaise now where it's like, okay, what, what, you know, what's your motivation? What do you do? Why are you here? What, why do you, you know, where, where the bell is, I think. And, and I, that's why I've enjoyed them is because they've had a clear focus. They're almost yeah. kind of the, uh, the Michelle McCool and Lake cool, you know, the Lay cool of the, of the older days or whatever, where they're, they're sort of, you know, the Kings of the, you know, the Queens of the mountain or whatever, where, and that's fun. I, I enjoy that because. But I just don't know that the face side of AJ Lee and Paige is just kind of floating in there. I'm not not really sure any of their motivations, why they're fighting, you know, why they're teaming, why they're doing anything besides, hey, you, you. Okay, like like, we're the only ones that are competent, you know, in addition to the Bellas. Yeah,
0: I compared AJ Lee to kind of like Michael Elgin, like before he took his little uh, small sabbatical from ROH. Like people loved Mm -hmm. Michael Elgin. People loved AJ Lee. It was somewhat refreshing. They liked the characters. They liked, you know, seeing them rise up. And then they did their weird stuff and went away for a little bit. And then when they come back, no one cares about Michael Elgin. I don't think anyone really cares about AJ Lee. It's like we realized in the two months they were gone from each promotion. Like, you know what? Go on your way. Be wacky. I don't need you to be wacky on my TV anymore.
1: Yeah, and and that's that's absolutely what I feel with AJ Lee. So we'll see, but yeah, I, I'm going with the uh, AJ Lee and Page winning this one. It seems like a good story. But this is a match. We know it's going to get lumped in between something big deal, and it's probably going to lose time every as long as L Cool J's you know music performance <laughs> goes long, we'll be cut. The, the you know the match time of this guy will be cut. Can
2: we confirm so, what he's doing at
1: WrestleMania? Um, what, what did the text say, Rob? I, I don't know. I have the text handy. I think it said something like.
0: He's he? he's doing a song, right? He's opening with like. That's why I, th- I thought it's a musical performance,
2: right? He's performing. Yeah, I, I, the last thing I want is people seeing me get texts from WWE, so
0: there's no <laughs> way. Still do that. I, have, like, I, I know Rich is there with his cell phone, just waiting for those texts, like <laughs> nonstop.
1: Well, what's funny is they said they weren't going to do it anymore, and then like that next day they just did. It. Or no, actually no, I get it from the uh, WWE app. I think. All right. Yeah. that's how I get it. Well, I don't notification, know if I get the text or anymore. Yeah, so. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, or well, Cool J will he, we'll, he, be He's singing a that's... song,
0: and if. You know, if they're doing the long entrances for Sting and, you know, Triple H will have a long entrance. If they're going to do the long entrance for Rusev, I mean, all these entrances are going to take some time. And there's not a whole lot of stuff
1: they can cut time with either. That's what I was kind of looking at when I was doing when I was typing up these cards or whatever. I'm like, you know what? Wow. Like if there's a match that's going to lose time, it's a the ladder match and it's b it's the, you know, the Divas match. I mean, they're going to lose. And I think more the Divas match is going to be the one that. I mean, God only knows what, what's gonna happen. I mean, where where that might be if they don't time this, it out right This I could
0: mean. very easily be a two pre-show match event where like that mm-hmm. two hour pre-show features two of these matches, maybe the tag team turmoil and something else on the show. But we could see some of these matches bump to that pre-show.
1: All right, so we'll move on to the ladder match here. We have bad news Barrett's is for, obviously for the IC title, that uh the hot potato IC title, <laughs> which is a great way to get your title over, is to have everybody but the champion just take it whenever they want and you know. Because that guy, <laughs> Sean just <laughs> sighs and laughs in the corner. Uh, Bad News Barrett, who is the champion, in case you didn't know, because he never has a title. Uh, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, Dan O'Brien, and then Stardust. <laughs> I want you to comment on that, because one of those things is
2: not like the other. I know. And his R-Truth, name is Stardust. R-Truth does not belong that <laughs> Nor does Luke Harper. But... I actually am enjoying. It's one of the few bright spots for me. The whole our Truths kleptomania and everyone's stealing the belt, if only because it's at least someone's paying attention to it. Usually the IC belt is some is the champion comes out, loses a non-title match in 6 minutes and then they go to the back. So, at least something's happening with it. It's goofy, it makes no sense and it I mean it's got like a hint of that hardcore title era belt. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not the way to build it up as a important thing, but I'm I enjoyed it enough for a way to kill some time for the few weeks leading up to Mania. I assume that it will end after that. And honestly, I'm calling. I'm going with my pick here. I'm calling the Sheamus returns in this match.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: I don't know why. It's just seven seems like a weird number. They've done it before. I know, but it just still seems off to me.
0: (laughs) I don't like it. You're like your nice round. (laughs) It's a a WWE ladder match. It has to feel off, right?
2: (laughs) I don't know why. I could just, I just feel like at some point they're going to have the intros and then that, then you're going to hear the too many limes song. And it, it just seems like a better place for him to return to me. (laughs) If only because it'll make it, make him seem like he's in a more important area but I could I mean I see your point about the battle royal as well mm-hmm. this this is a match that I'm going to love to watch but I'm not particularly happy as happening because it just seems like there's so much talent here being thrown in a giant cluster for a belt that in three weeks no one's going to care about
1: who do you see coming out of this who's winning
2: uh, probably I'm thinking that it's going to be either Brian or Ziggler. I think you go with – they're going to give it to somebody who they think can carry it for a while. They keep having the rumors about Brian taking the belt to SmackDown and turning it into his his show there. So let's say Brian, but honestly, the only people I wouldn't – I could see anyone winning this outside of R-Truth, Ambrose, and Harper. Rob, what
1: are your thoughts? deserves it. Yes. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm fine with that. He, he, you never know. He very well could win it. Rob, what are your thoughts on this match and who you have winning? I want
0: to take you back to a time long, long ago <laughs> on the WWE Network, an event called Tables, Ladders, Chairs, and Stairs back in December of 2004. Please don't.
1: No, I'm not going to. I'm oh. not coming with you. Luke Harper. i staying here. I don't want to go. Luke Fire up the DeLorean. Let's go. I, I'm not going.
0: <laughs> Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match on the show. Luke Harper destroyed himself, killed himself. And here it is, WrestleMania. You don't think this guy is going to go out there thinking he's going to be the star of the show. Luke Harper is going to have a performance that people are going to be talking about for a while. And by that, I mean at least 23 hours. It's going to be (laughs) a long time. Daniel Bryan's going to win this match. He's going to be the Intercontinental Champion. He'll probably have a program with Wade Barrett. But Luke Harper is going to be the star of this match.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going with Brian winning as well, um, and and I'm really looking forward to this. This is actually maybe my most anticipated match of the entire thing because, yeah, I mean, like Sean said, it, it's it's a waste of a lot of these guys: Ambrose, Harper, Ziggler, Brian. I mean, I would even listen to something, uh, you know, Stardust. I think Bad News Barrett. I mean, everybody in there is is fairly talented and could all contribute in some form or fashion besides just being lumped into a giant pile, of, you know, of guys or whatever. But still i'm looking forward to it because it's going to be a cluster i mean if if we sort of look at this in a vacuum and don't look at who these guys what we think these guys should be and just what they are and how they are and how they wrestle and all that sort of stuff it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be as you mentioned luke Harper's going to kill himself daniel bryan will probably do something ridiculous as well because you know because he's (laughs) Dolph is is always you know going to do some ridiculous bump that makes you think he's going to paralyze himself ambrose is going to yeah. I mean and that's not even yeah, we haven't even mentioned place. Dean Ambrose.
0: I mean Dean Ambrose is the guy who will do any I mean that that's a guy who will do he's anything. He's the guy who I kicked mean, off this entire thing and to think in the last 4 weeks he's been a complete afterthought in a complete afterthought of a match.
1: It's been yeah. The the the, the fall of Dean Ambrose is 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 quite interesting and I think the biggest takeaway for me I I do think Brian's going to win and and maybe real quick before we move on to another match your guys thoughts Daniel Bryan in this situation, is it, you know, when it first happened or we kind of knew he wasn't going to be in, you know, the main event picture at WrestleMania, there were a lot of fans that were really upset and really, you know, Rob, where's, where are your temperature at right now? Where, what do you think about the Daniel Bryan just being in this and being the IC champion and, and what the future kind of holds if he's to win this match? is are, are you okay with it now or are you still knowing that there's something more, there's more potential there. Are you just kind of perfectly okay with it?
0: And I was perfectly Mm -hmm. okay with it because I never thought he was going to be in any triple threat title match at all either. You know, as soon as he's eliminated from the Royal rumble at no point, even with rumors surrounding it, that he would be in the main event at some point, never thought it was possible. Like he's not the guy. He's not the guy they're going to put in that match. I was on the reigns Brock Lesnar train the entire time. And you know what? I'm glad they actually stuck with it. They stuck with their idea. They're going for it. It may not be the best thing that people are anticipating, but at least they stuck with an idea and had somewhat of a long-term vision, and that's what we keep asking them to do, so go ahead. As far as him being in this match, again, if it means he's going to have a run with a singles belt and do singles matches on TV, we can't complain, can we? Can we complain that Daniel Bryan's going to have singles matches on TV? Probably those 15-minute middle-of-the-show matches with Dolph Ziggler, with Wade Barrett, with uh, Cody Rhodes with anybody. Are we complaining that they're going to give time to Daniel O'Brien on TV on both shows in the future? Like, is that what people are doing?
2: I think the only problem and why a lot of people, myself included, are nervous about it is being the IC champ has been treated like you are an absolute joke on this show for so long now. Hopefully, Brian changes that if he does. That's great news. It's good for the company. It's good for us. We get to see things happen. If Brian's wrestling 15 minutes against Ziggler, Stardust, Ambrose, etc., then every show instantly gets better than it has been lately. But if Brian becomes every other Intercontinental champ who goes out, loses a few crappy five minute matches, and ends up at a pay per view winning with a, ro- a distraction roll up for a month or two before dropping the belt, then. It sucks, but I mean at this point getting angry about it though is yeah. foolish. There there's nothing
1: you're gonna do. Yeah. I mean that, that's and that's kind of my thought as well with, with Daniel Bryan as well, is I and I mentioned it, you know, on, on previous podcasts here and you know on Twitter and I think even in articles, I've said, you know what I'm over it. I'm okay. If he's not going to be a main eventer, it's never going to be done right. The what we, the vision that we have of Daniel Bryan being this, you know, long champion main eventer having twenty minute great matches, mm-hmm. that's done. It's right. not going to happen. It's it's never going to happen. Not with this guy leading you know, the charge. And even the other guy. Even when we say, I don't know if Triple H sees him as that either. I don't know if the company in general. I don't know if the sales. I, I just don't think that's ever going to. What we envisioned Daniel Bryan being and what the potential could have been you know, two years ago, that's done. It's over. It's gone. You know, He's shown you know, health concerns. I get it. I absolutely 100% get why they're not going to go with him as their top guy. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, as, as Rob, as you said, but I am, as, as well as Sean, I'm a little nervous because I know what... And, and maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should understand and, and give them the confidence that, hey, you're going to have a champion that can wrestle 20 minutes, that can fill a half an hour of your TV show, that can fill two segments just having a match that's a great asset to have but then i know what they do with IC titles i know what they do with daniel bryan i know how they book and it's just like ah but part of me has hope part of me has hope that this is a new era of the IC title that this kicks it off this kick makes something different because you're finally getting a guy who you know has main event potential you know quote unquote in your IC title picture and i think that that could be positive if they use it that way i don't know though i i I have trouble going one way or another because i just i I'm so gun shy about that of of them really treating it well, and and they should, and hopefully they do. But it, it's, there's a reason why you know <laughs> you're a little you know you know pessimistic about this. Uh, Rob, real quick, we are changing all the time uh, all the plans <laughs> for the podcast that we had. Oh yeah. So, I subscribe to Real Hero on Daily Motion. Obviously, if you don't, if you're a pro wrestling fan or a Japanese wrestling fan, you don't subscribe to Real Hero on Daily Motion. What are you doing? Um, and so, I get this prompt and it, it comes up as we were doing this. My phone just buzzed or whatever. And it, it gives me, anytime you upload something new, it, it lets me know on here. Uh, I will read you exactly what my uh, text or my, my notification says. Uh, Real, Real Hero published Tenru versus Randy Savage, SWS.
0: So, stop the show.
1: So no, yeah. So head on over to Daily Motion. So we're gonna review that in real time. But no, just uh, just so people know, I am. Uh... So anytime we want to finish this, we wrap this bad boy up, so I can get going to that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, U.S. title, who cares? Sting, Triple H. All right. So Jimmy <laughs> Jacobs, no. Uh, maybe we'll get to that. We'll no, be right. back
2: in the podcast in about thirty minutes. Yeah.
1: So we're done. You know, at midnight <laughs> central. We're done drooling after ten. I how is that match got to be? I have you ever seen that? I haven't. What does that gotta be like? I mean I Because that's like what we're talking 90 uh, 92, 93 Savage.
2: Yeah, I mean I it think was even ninety ninety one.
1: Yeah, let's let's see here real quick. Because
2: wasn't the Super World shows like right after WrestleMania 6? I know that's when uh Hogan went over mm-hmm. and beat Hanson, wasn't it?
1: I think so. Let's see here. This is very important, obviously, in the midst of our WrestleMania oh, preview oh, to, man,
2: to try to figure out
1: when uh Oh God! Advertisements. Okay, Hall of Famer right.
0: versus Hall of Famer.
1: It's, it's <laughs> very true. Yes. Uh, I don't think it was in
2: nineteen
1: seventy. Or we got a nineteen ninety there. Yeah. Burdo reels. Because yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, this is it's WrestleMania radio, so.
0: related since Savage is going in the Hall of Fame this
1: true. Time. Okay, you're right. You're right. And it has, you know, I don't, to... I can't tell the difference between Japanese guys. <laughs> so I'm assuming Tenru and Fujinami are the same person. So <laughs> they're brothers, right? Well, yeah, right. I mean,
0: speaking of that yeah, Hall of Fame, while you're speaking of the racist, while portion you're this, guess, yeah. while you're not doing your job as host of the show, yes, I, yeah, go ahead. So it looks like the Hall of Fame diesel is going in. Not Kevin Nash, but Diesel. (laughs) And this, I think, is the first true sign that they are absolutely planning at some point to put the NWO in or the outsiders as a tag team. Because if you have Razor Ramon going in, and then diesel going in, you can still, ah, right. I forgot.
1: I forgot he was razor that way. Yeah, yes. Right.
0: Yeah. You can still okay. have hall and Nash go in. And I think we're going to start seeing that in the future, having the double inductees because they're running out of top. <laughs> we guys. need Hulk Hogan, Hollywood <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, well, you could do, you could have Hulk Hogan and NWO. You have Hulk Hogan already in there. You can have the NWO as a team. You can then have the outsiders. You can do all these double inductee things because they're running out of top guys. And I think this is a conscious effort. We didn't really know last year why they were putting razor in except for the the fact that he was razor in the WWF and we're like, okay, maybe they're just putting in WWF guy. Cause they don't care what he did. In WCW that's fine. But it seems like a conscious effort to make sure that you're putting in these guys and those names. So you can then market them again as hall and Nash when they go in, in a couple of years,
2: that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Not only that, but that allows you. Then the year after that, you can bring in the you can put the Wolf Pack in. <laughs> the right. year yeah. after that, you can bring in the uh, NWO Silver and black. yeah, and it really opens up the possibilities for a guy like Billy Gunn who can go in as a Smoking Gun, <laughs>
1: um, even though he's the same name. But I guess if you add a badass to it, is it different? Exactly, B A Billy Gunn is yeah, it's an B. A. B. different yeah, creature. right?
2: Is that different than you know Smoking Billy Gunn? I don't know by that point maybe they'll be able to they'll be using TNA things and bring <laughs> right. in the Voodoo Kin Mafia. Right, their, yes. All the outlaw,
1: the outlaw could be a separate from the uh what was his other one? Um Kip James. Was it Kip James? that yes. was it. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't forget. It was the outlaw where they were like, "We don't know what to call you, so you're an outlaw." You know Get who he there.
0: is. Like, you know, who <laughs> like, yeah, that's
2: how they introduced him. It's you know who it is, that guy. We haven't come up with it's, a name for it. It's yet, him.
0: You know who that is, it's him. All <laughs>
2: right. To be fair, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already does it. and Mm -hmm. They're about as credible. It's the goddamn WWE Hall of Fame. Who the fuck is that? And (laughs) I'm
0: not going like, we're not going to put these guys in in separate names. You're going to put them in in a name and then as the group they were in. So it's not like we're putting B.A. Billy Gunn in and then, you know, Kip James. We're putting putting Billy Gunn in and then Degeneration X.
2: Right. Most importantly, this could allow for Sid... Sid vicious and Sid justice. <laughs> Sid, to
0: be oh, I'm thinking if Sid doesn't have three rings by the time I'm 40, there's some type of injustice, right? Intended.
1: <laughs> oh god, well, that's that's not our only Sid portion. We'll talk. Well, actually, you know what? That's that's actually a pretty good idea. Let's try to add Sid references into every segment that we do. So we don't necessarily have to have a full Sid segment. It's just said, it's the
0: Sid show. Yeah.
1: It's just in
2: general, you throw sit in every so often. Well, I have him planned as part of my uh, WrestleMania preview.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Well, then there's another. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, so that was our, our. Well, we won't count that. So he's, it's still he's open winning for the, the Sting
0: Triple H match. Period. Is he? I, I want no. Sean to have that. No, like, what else could it be? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Take a, I'm, I'm uh, anticipating okay. we'll Sean, Sean just having know. like a different winner out of the realm of possibility for every match coming up we already got Shamus yeah, winning like, the Bray
1: Wyatt. why not be a triple threat with
0: Sydney? right <laughs> right and why not what what match are we even on can we do Undertaker uh, well, I, I Bray
1: finished the ladder match but let me let, let's move on now we'll go to I'm trying to figure out the order the the <laughs> hypothetical order that you this this card would go in uh, let's go Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. yeah this, the main event um <laughs> wow yeah Can you believe this of all the ones that have been built up? Just weird. Like not not necessarily bad. Well, it's been bad. Even though I think it is bad. It's been bad. The match was just so
0: weird. The match was announced this week. (laughs) Uh, Up until this week, we had Randy Orton playing this stupid game of getting authority on his side after they murdered him. You know, And then he came back and like
1: RKO'd them all And that one pay-per-view and then the next night was like I am with you
2: and I was like what the fuck What are we watching? Yeah, bygones be bygones <laughs> like, They know Randy has temper
0: issues. Like what's the end game? I know again Outside it's the Phil TV What's the end game if this were real and you're Randy Orton Like you just attacked everybody You made your surprise return Why couldn't you just keep doing that? Sean? <laughs> Getting of well, offensive man
2: To be, I mean The idea that he's trying to do this mastermind plot while hard to imagine for somebody who's as dumb quick triggered Okay, all right. is hard to buy, but it, it isn't even Orton's plan. I don't mind Orton's plan in this. What amazes me is the idea that anyone in the world says, sure, we trust Randy Orton. <laughs> right, yeah. He seems like a guy who's honest. I mean, if you're the authority, why in the world would you even think that Randy Orton is a guy that's, yeah, he can come back
0: in. Here is the order of the brain power in this entire angle. (laughs) Randy Orton up top, because obviously a master plan. He already has murdered Seth Rollins. Like he doesn't even need the match. Right. So you got Randy Orton up top. Next to him, you got Jamie Noble, who's the only (laughs) guy who told Seth that, hey, you know what I think Randy's doing? is exactly <laughs> what he ended up doing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then third, so and the only one you can put on the smart level, is Kane. Because Kane never bought it either. He just didn't stop it. He's just too lazy. <laughs> Every, he's he's a lazy, lazy guy. Smart, but a little lazy. Everyone else is a complete weirdo go in this exactly. entire thing. <laughs> Have you found the Savage match yet? Uh, we think
1: 1990.
0: 1990, but... okay. I didn't know if you yeah, were yeah, still doing that I'll or not there the in team. Chicago.
1: Yeah, he unfortunately did not upload it with a date, so now I have no idea until I go real deep into you know random <laughs> you know, match listings or whatever. A
2: history of WWE probably be on there. Yeah,
1: fuck it, don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it later anyway. Don't care. I'll figure out afterwards. But uh, yeah, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, Randy, well, yeah, we haven't moved on, I guess. No. <laughs> what like? We have- Sean, any thoughts on Randy Orton, Seth Rollins? I I cannot even try to call up. I guess Randy probably Randy Orton's gonna win. I I I don't
2: know. It- I, the only thing that's a question is, do we think that the cash in that they go crazy enough to do the cash in that night? Hmm. Because if that happens, you get your you get Orton beating Rollins and Rollins doing the cash in, at which point then you've immediately set up Rollins first two or even three challengers in Reigns, Lesnar and Orton. I mean, you've built up a few months for him right there in one night. I don't. I honestly don't know if they're going to have the if they're going to pull that. I That's extra ballsy. That's well, pretty ballsy. This, it is. this is
0: my reasoning why they wouldn't because again we go back to the fact that they stuck to their Re- uh, Roman Reigns plan with Brock Lesnar in a singles match all the way through thus far. Why, why would they detour now into having Seth Rollins win the belt and there goes Roman Reigns? Unless they think this is a good idea to give Roman a new challenger and still continue the chase. Like, he can beat Brock Lesnar and then lose the belt in that, you know, BS kind of way. Like, unless they think that's a good thing, I could very easily see it happening. But whether he cashes in or not, I would have Randy Orton winning this one because what else would make sense? I mean, Randy Orton's got to come back and win this because he's the top guy. Seth Rollins has the briefcase. He doesn't really have to win to prove he's anything because that's what we've seen so far.
1: I'm going to go Orton as well. Uh, that, that's I, I kind of made that pick. And yeah, I, I just have no strong thoughts about this match. I think the build's just been... I, I, I said it's not been bad. its its It's been bad, but I think more it's just been weird. It's just like, why are we... It just would have made so much more sense for Orton to come out, attack everybody, and just now Randy Orton's a Be baby. a rebel! And they spent... They spent three weeks doing the where he would go. The camera would come near him and he'd wink and he'd shrug and he'd, you know, ha 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 this, and do all this
0: sort of yeah. stuff. And it's like, why are we doing this? What are we doing this for?
1: Just he's a baby face now. It's OK. Like, just
0: do it. It's at least it's an, the second time they've done this start, stop, Steve Austin push with him where he comes back. It's it like,
1: horrible the first time it's awful the first
2: time. It's been a weird build. It's been too damn cutesy by half. I, I don't think the I, the initial concept of Randy Orton trying to get an advantage when it's obvious that the authority is always going to have you outnumbered. It's not bad in and of itself, but it was played out so... I mean, other than... I mean, he might as well have just been talking like, I'm going to turn on that. Yeah, like it, off, it's... Like right into the camera whispering as he walks by. I'm going to be contrarian, though, and say Rollins on okay. this one. Just authority shenanigans and things and that builds up then to assuming rollins doesn't cash in that night or the next night that builds up to orton and rollins at extreme rules where they can have some sort of weapons match Mm -hmm. that lets orton get his final beat down on rollins
1: all right to move on to undertaker versus bray Wyatt, another odd build considering it only features one man and uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on this build? Are you are you into it? Are you excited about this match?
0: Where kind of what's your temperature on this one? This, this is another match, kind of like the IC title match, where and and Seth Rollins and Orton especially, because I'm really excited for that match. This is a results oriented card for me. Like I could take out everything we've seen on Raw for the last month and realize that you know what, this show could deliver pretty well. And this is a match that I think, given the right amount of time, which is probably 10 to 12 minutes after all the entrances. If they keep it low like that, I think the crowd will be into Undertaker enough coming after his one year absence that I think it'll have some hype to it. I'm excited to see what they do, like if this is actually going to be the passing of the torch to Bray Wyatt or if it's just going to be one of those matches where we put the young guy in with the established star and whether he wins or loses, it kind of makes him. Uh, I, I don't see Undertaker losing two years in a row, so I will go with the Undertaker but I could very easily see now that we have the allure of the streak over that Bray Wyatt can get the torch here in this match.
2: Sean, what do you think? Do you think uh, Bray Wyatt wins here? Or? It's hard to tell. I mean, what? first off, uh, watching the bill has been underwhelming because it's surprisingly for I, WWE. I think we can say restrained. that about all of them, don't you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we just stop saying yeah, that. <laughs> I think that was for this one where all the other bills have been nonsensical or they've been using the wrong people. For this, it felt like they were holding back and not letting... I wanted this thing to be constantly weird, gothic magic tricks and 90s Undertaker, like, lightning bolts and everything. Yeah, burning caskets. burning. nearly enough yeah. of that. I was hoping this build would be so ludicrous that I would just love it for being just... not even attempting to be anything but goofy and cartoonish. And they never quite got there. So that's... Unlike all the other ones, this one's disappointing because... They didn't, get, they didn't try hard enough. They didn't let themselves be as stupid as they really want to be most of the time. <laughs> as for the match, if you keep it short, I, I don't know how snarky the crowd's going to be for WrestleMania this year. I could see them, if they're in a bit of a foul mood after some of the other things on the card, just completely turning on things or turning on The Undertaker, but hopefully let's assume that everyone's going to be in a good mood and they'll be cheering him on. I think he had I think you go with the Undertaker here. It's got to be nearing his last hurrah and they're going to want to give a feel good to the crowd I think at this point and let Bray Wyatt do something the next night to someone else to try and get his
1: heat back. Yeah, the, the crowd aspects an interesting part cuz going into this I've always kind of thought, you know what, it makes sense to have Bray Wyatt just win this one. It makes sense to, you know, Undertaker the streak's gone, the allure of that streak is gone. You know, you can have Bray Wyatt. You can have it be, you know, his crowning achievement that he won here. You know, The Undertaker is, you know, you know, leaving the territory. You know, you lose before you. But and because I never thought, I honestly never thought the streak should have ever. I was fine with that just being the, you know, the. We know the WWE Hall of Fame is is a sham, so there's always something like that was the only thing that would be a Hall of Fame, or that's like your 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 lifetime achievement is award is that streak. Now that they've gotten rid of that, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't have, you know, Taker lose here, or why you wouldn't, you know, have Bray Wyatt win, or, or, or something interesting like that, but then you think about it, and you think on this card, and you think of what's coming up after this match, and then you realize, ah, that would probably not go over too well, you, you know, like, it, it it really, in a lot of ways, hurt last year's WrestleMania, and it took a while for people to kind of get over that, it was almost halfway through that main event match, where people finally were like, okay, that's fine, but I, I don't know, I'm still kind of, I don't see a good reason why Undertaker should come in here and win, but I guess like Rob, I think you you said it as well is that it might just be enough to be in that match with the undertaker for Bray Wyatt. But you know, I I don't know without the streak anymore. It's, it's, it's hard to come up with a lot of reasons why Bray Wyatt shouldn't just win.
0: To me, this is the match that is maybe the most unpredictable. And I never would have thought that with an undertaker WrestleMania match until last year, like last year threw this all out of the window, like they could do anything, but you know, Brock Lesnar was including bring back Sheamus and having right in match. <laughs> Sheamus or Sid or Sid or Sid. <laughs> Sid, if Sid shows up, <laughs> that crowd's gonna love it. I know it. Just have Sid right, powerbombing everyone.
1: Rematch. Yeah, we uh, what we what we really need is a WrestleMania thirteen rematch. Is uh, what but I, we're I mean, all pining for it.
0: It's one of those like I could say this is the most unpredictable, and then the show happens, and Undertaker wins, and we're like, why would we ever doubt that? Like, why right. would we doubt right. that Undertaker just... would have won that? It's the least unpredictable match on this show. So, I I mean, I would go with The Undertaker just to be safe. Like, I think that's the safe pick at this point. But I could see them putting Bray over. I just don't think if you're going to do WrestleMania in Texas, Undertaker should be coming off of a win because he's probably going to be a big drawing factor.
1: Sean, were you there live for The Undertaker Sid match? I was. Okay, thoughts. That (laughs) is
2: (laughs) the ultimate proof that being at a show live can make you overrate everything you've seen. Because at the end of that night, I thought that that had been a fun match between (laughs) Sid and Taker. And I couldn't believe when I saw that people on RSPW were saying bad things about it. (laughs) And then I watched it again when I got the network. And I hadn't watched it really since seeing Mm -hmm. it live. And it was better. it, <laughs> it was. was better than you. I bumped it from four to four and a half stars. Yeah. Then I just felt bad for saying that Austin Hart had been the best match on that card because it <laughs> was never close. <laughs> How did Austin Hart change from your live experience to watching it? Uh... I appreciated it more
1: watching it on TV because a lot of the brawling in the crowd and that sort and of stuff. And
2: live, you're just you're just so wrapped up in it. And mm-hmm. the Austin thing was so new and so different. The idea that the crowd was cheering for. Someone else, mm-hmm. other than the good guy, just threw everything off in that room because it was, it was a very split crowd. There was still a ton of Bret Hart support, oh, yeah. even when he was beating up Austin at the end, and Shamrock was pulling him off. That crowd still, they 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 make it. They talk about it now like everyone in the room was pro Austin by the end of the night. And that's that's not even close. It was a, as many Chicago crowds are. It was a very split thing. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, on the other hand, everyone, of course, loved Sid. Yes, he was the
1: bad guy, but still, he was Sid. He did get a pretty awesome reaction with Chicago. One of, one of not one of Chicago's finest moments was the. I apologize. He, did, I just got a death stare from Sean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob just goes, hmm. "That's Sid so, so good. Like it. Sid's the best." I mean, come on, comes out there in the jeans, like this is a guy who's not going to take any gruff. Just going to beat true, people yeah. up.
1: It's shit his pants in the ring. But doesn't it doesn't matter. Thoughts on that rumor, Sean? Can you confirm
2: nor deny? He's cool enough to do it and get away with it. Did you smell it live? Did it happen? It didn't happen at WrestleMania 13. I thought it did. No, that th- that rumor got conflated.
0: I, the rumor, uh, supposedly, he did it on a house show, is what I'd heard. Really? No. Could have do- done thoughts it. Thoughts on... Could have done it everywhere, for all I know. That could have been his trademark. Like you Let's know, you're working see. with Sid when you smell something funny during the middle of your match.
1: All right, scscoops.com. I'm assuming. I don't know why this guy,
0: why the, the solo monster is the one that... Also no pun intended.
1: Yeah, I don't know <laughs> why he has to uh, be the arbiter. Of, okay, pure folklore. It's never been confirmed. Well, that's bullshit because I confirmed it right now. So Okay, because I said it, so there. Read it, report it.
2: I may have crapped my pants in fear of shit. <laughs>
1: My favorite part of that entire show and, and, like, every Sid entrance in general. Like, my friend – oh, I have one friend, uh, Dan, and him and I always do the Sid where you pound your chest and then pound each other. Oh, yeah, Oh, yeah. Like, we still do that all the time. My favorite part of Be that – yeah, we do it all the time, and nobody has any clue what it is, and we just laugh because it's the best thing ever. But the best thing about that particular entrance, and it happened in a lot of them, but I remember this one was the funniest, is that there were like a bunch of little kids sticking their fists out, and he just pounds their fists. I'm like, these four kids. Like He's all hyped up on God only knows what, and you just see him just like, blah, blah, blah,
2: These kids are like, oh, God.
1: Like, Like at least three kids had broken knuckles before that. A show is over. That's my favorite thing because that's once you start noticing how hard he pounds like little kids, that sounded really awful. How hard he uh, fist pounds, yeah, kids
0: right. on the entrance ramp. He's punching them in the arm, is what he's doing. <laughs>
1: Right, he's really, and then like you see them kind of like pull back really quick, like ow, because like he doesn't like like sometimes he comes out and he just kind of like grazes it over people, but like that particular event, I remember him just really just being like yeah, 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 and like you just see like people like then then like I think like more arms start like pulling away, like nah, you know what? I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. It's okay, I'll, I'll just tap him on the back or touch his terrible hair when he walks by.
2: So every one of those children is now six foot nine. And <laughs> right. softball. Every one of them. Even the girls. <laughs> they play in my softball leagues, and they, they hit a home run every right then.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, U.S. Championship match. Rusev, the champion, defending against John Cena. Sean, who's, uh, who's coming out here as U.S. champ?
2: Betting against John Cena just never seems like a good idea, even though once in a while okay. it pays off. I. He. How do you have Mr. USA lose at WrestleMania mm-hmm. to the evil Russian? I just don't see how... I guess maybe you have Rusev get DQ'd and not
0: lose the belt, but no, nah, not at WrestleMania. I
2: don't see that happening. No. It's just it's got to be John Cena with right. a big American flag and Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming out to embrace <laughs> him and
0: and winning the match. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also Hacksaw is in this match <laughs> and wins.
2: Veterans are weeping in the front row because John Cena saved America and it's. It's all full of John Cena. Yeah, it's hard to have
1: him lose this. Like, that at WrestleMania, you cannot have the USA guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Robert, oh, Robert are you on the same page that John Cena? Because I'm, I'm 100%. Yeah, John Cena has to. I mean, just knowing what they do and how they book and and, and the fact that what, what the event is, it's got to be John Cena,
0: right? I'm kind of close to there. Now, I'm not trying to compare John Cena to Jack Swagger here, although I'm going to. I didn't think it was possible at SummerSlam to have Mr. USA Jack Swagger lose a flag match to Rusev, mm-hmm. and he did. Now, obviously, John Cena's the big deal. It's WrestleMania. You got to send the kids home happy. But oh, to me, it's like 60-40. I could put 40% on Rusev winning this match. I just, if I was betting any amount of money on this, even if it was one cent, I'd have to pick John Cena because that's, that's what you do. You don't pick Mm -hmm. against John Cena betting on a major pay-per-view. You can't do it yet until it finally happens. It's like betting against The Undertaker. You couldn't bet against The Undertaker last year. But now that it's happened, you can. We haven't had that moment with John Cena yet. This could be it. May not be it. But right now, I have to see John Cena winning.
1: And that's the interesting point, too, because we have, you know, in this main event here, we have, you know, Roman Reigns, and that could be the coronation, or we assume that's a coronation of him. Is this now the time where they go, you know what, hey, Cena is not our our guy anymore, and it's okay if he loses every so often. I don't think so. I don't think that they're ready to do that yet. I think they're going to do it somewhat in storyline over the next, you know, few years or whatever, but not at this moment, not at WrestleMania 31, not now, not against Rusev, you know, not in this scenario. No, I, I just cannot fathom it happening.
2: Not with that build. If it had been just a build about John Cena wants to beat Rusev, he wants to win his title, or he wants to carry home Lana, whatever. But I don't see how in the world you have John Cena lose when he's taken the fight as I'm America Mm -hmm. fighting Russia. You can't end Rocky Four with Drago winning. And, and then the Rusev, build, a lot of the build, too, has been John Cena, the old man, the old broken down man or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: If you have him lose, it's just like, well, you know, America <laughs> sucks and this guy's broken down and old. Like, yeah. that's that's tough to do. And, like, obviously in WWE land, they're not going to remember that in, in two weeks or whatever. But still, that's been the build, and that's sort of what we would all kind of take away from it. So it's 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 very odd. Yeah, I, I'm going Cena here, but I'm with you, Rob. I, I think... More the smart in you would say that Rusev wins, because why would you have him just lose you know build up that long, long win streak just to have him lose here to John Cena? But I mean USA Russia (laughs) John Cena Rusev I like John Cena versus anybody. Like it's it's
0: tough. That's the thing. We talk about how they're building up this long win streak just to lose here, but that's why they're building up the long win streak is to lose to John Cena at WrestleMania. That's what they do. This is the show. Damn it, Rob. You you end all these things. It's everything is built up for the show, and that's one of them. I apologize to everybody out there because I want Rusev to win, too.
1: No, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, that that's why they did this. I'm sure Vince McMahon said, God damn it. You know? <laughs> let's have him win for a year and then, you know, USA will prevail. I mean, this is this could be you really look at it. There's a lot of the I mean, he's always been sort of the, the mad
0: Russian. And this
1: is the time for USA to finally beat Russia, this,
0: right? Like this is what I'm going to do. And let's start this here on the old Voices of Wrestling podcast. I'm going to start this rumor that John Cena was scheduled to lose until that Russian lawyer just had to ruin everything. for <laughs> And plans change. We can't have this guy go over Sean, now. you liked him, right? Were you the one that liked him? I, there was like one person in the world that enjoyed it. I liked His him mom. in the way
2: that he was Horrible. Okay, all right. So it was so bad, it was good. <laughs> oh, it was it was so bad that it was bad, but at least it was fun. Bad. Okay,
1: that's because <laughs> I saw one person that was like legitimately like,
2: no, that was the joke, and I'm like, I don't think it was. <laughs> like, the, it, I mean, it might have been the joke since the announcers are never in on the joke unless they've been explicitly told about it. But I think that was
1: more Vince halfway through, or like seconds into it, he was like, "This is a train wreck. Let's bury it." Like,
2: maybe I I don't know if he was intended to be that bad or what, but <laughs> it just it wasn't. Funny. Um, They're not that funny. though. You know, Vince isn't that subtle to have
1: something be unintentionally funny. You know, he needs yeah. to hit you over the head with funny,
2: right? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, it, it's very possible that someone listened to that and thought it's a hilariously over the top Boris Batinov accent. <laughs> Problem is, it went about three levels past that and to just being a guy who's not even capable of pretending to be a pretend Russian.
3: Oh,
1: God. All right. Move on to a few other matches here. Last two. We're we have close, Sting guys. versus Triple H.
0: What was that? We're getting close, guys.
1: We are. It's finally here. Sting versus Triple H. Sting can't talk. Can't talk on can't, Sting cannot talk. Can't because... talk on regular
0: TV. Because I don't know why. He cut the best promo of the show. Because <laughs> you got to give him $9.99 a month if you yeah. want to hear Sting talking. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> It's not the kind of thing you get for free.
0: Well, it's amazing because, yeah, they put that on the network as like a selling point. You you should be subscribing to the network so you can see Sting talk. But like, shouldn't you be having Sting talk on free TV so you can subscribe to the network for your big show of the year? Like, shouldn't that be the selling point? Not a Sting promo, the actual Sting match. And you need the promo to kind of push that.
1: that yeah, that's, that's where I would go. I would have Sting talk all the time and say, hey, look, on the WWE Network this Sunday, I am going to, you know, but I, <laughs> that's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sean, you, I know you're. You're a pretty big Sting fan, correct? I have... what, what's, what's, the, what's going on? I, have no, I mean, I'm not a
2: big Sting guy, so it's not a big deal to me, but... I'm I... going to say that this is the match that the, they've at least done as good a job as possible of building up out mm-hmm. of anything on this card. They've protected Sting outside of like I said, like a couple of weird hiccups, like the weird promo with someone else's voice. But in general, they've done a very good job of protecting the Sting mystique and the crowd that on last Monday night, they were not exactly excitable, but they they popped good for Sting. They wanted Sting, and when he came, they were into it. I think this is the one match where the reactions are going to be exactly what they theoretically should be. No one's on cheering for Triple cheer. H Yeah. So it's going to be a fun match. It's going to have a million bells and whistles. There's going to be interference all over the place. Hopefully, we'll see a few other... WCW stalwart oh, appearances God. to help Sting when Triple H brings people in. <laughs> I'm I'm Hard Body Harrison. <laughs> oh, <man>. I'm <laughs> I'm crossing fingers for Alex Wright. Okay. I'm crossing fingers for maybe just maybe an Al Green appearance. Okay. <laughs> but most of all, <laughs> is Al Green still alive? Maybe. I don't think Al Green's alive, is he? The most important though is I think Sid needs to come to Sting's aid. <laughs> When all looks bleakest. The two
1: oh, that's greatest right. heroes. When you in type WCW. in Al Green in Google, you have to specify. You mean the WCW Right. Because believe it or not, he doesn't come up first. Nope, not uh, even
0: second or third. Uh, he's dead. I
1: told you. I knew he died not that long ago either. Yeah, June 14th, okay, 2013. Well then
0: someone else can come. Yeah,
1: so I don't help. think he's going to come. I mean, he might. That would be. Now that. There you go. <laughs> There's your WWE
2: network hook. I mean, fine then. Bring in Silver King. Uh, <laughs> Silver King. <laughs> Bring in above-average Mike Sanders. But just give us Sid helping <laughs> okay. out the other great hero of WCW.
1: In case you're curious, uh, Silver King is still alive. so Consider he's still competing, I believe. So that's uh, Rob's thoughts on Sting Triple H and, and what WCW uh, return. Because uh, Sean's always just rebooking this entire thing on the fly and adding his own guys to everything. But uh, yes, yeah, so thoughts on the match. And then also, um, who would you bring back from WCW to help Sting?
0: Nick Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> that's because this is how it's going. Sting, <laughs> He's like, no, Sting wins with the fast Dad, count. Go away. Sting wins with You're the fast count. It. Triple H is arguing what's happening here. And Nick Patrick has to come in or Triple H wins with the fast count. That would make more sense, right? All of it makes sense. Oh, Sting's going to win. I mean, Sting won at fast lane, basically. I don't get any reason why Triple H would win this match. So Sting wins. I mean, it, it is what it is. I hope Sting talks on Raw because his promo ability is probably the one thing that might help this, you know, going forward. But as far as a match goes, you know, I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see how Sting wrestles in the WWE crowd because I think the crowd will be super hyped for him. But I don't need to see it, if that makes sense. Like, this isn't a match where I was thinking for all my life I really needed to see. So it's just another one for me. Like, it's just another match on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in a lot of ways, just because a lot of it is Sting. I mean, it could be Sting versus really anybody, and I think I would still be have some sort of intrigue into it. But yeah, there's a little there's a little bit of a disappointment there that you know that Sting versus somebody else, right. specifically The Undertaker, could have been that much cooler. If not, I mean, the match itself is probably going to be the same. The match Triple H, Undertaker, whatever, the match isn't going to change. But just the entrances and how they would go about it and all that sort of stuff. Because once the bell rings, the Sting, uh, Sting Triple H, it's just kind of be like, okay, and then there's just, you know five to ten minutes or you know, it's probably gonna be ten, you know, ten to fifteen minutes of okay, when are we gonna get the bat? When are we getting the Scorpion death drop? You know, when are we getting the you know, and then when's that gonna happen? Because yeah. The, the meat of the match, Who? I mean, how could you possibly care about a sequence of Triple H working over, you know, Sting's knee and, you know, right. and Sting, there's there, I mean, there, there's going to be 15 minutes there where you're just staring at the screen kind of being like, OK, all right, look, let's get to the chase here, because like there's nothing that there's nothing to the meat of the match at all. This
0: this screams uh, WrestleMania 20. Everyone was so excited to see the Undertaker come back because he was coming back as the dark Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Against the match with Kane, like no one wanted to see Undertaker versus Kane, but people were excited to see the Undertaker finally come back. They were excited because of the entrance. It was this huge spectacle. And then they had to wrestle for 10 minutes. Like, this is what this match is. It's going to be a spectacle. You're going to have the two awesome entrances and then they'll have to wrestle. Everyone will get tired. And then you'll finally see Sting win and people will get back into it. Like, that's all they're waiting for is the entrances and then the win. But the match itself is going to be kind of a downer. I don't see how that in any way is going to surprise people for being so awesome, but for the spectacle of it. And again, we talk about this whole show being a spectacle. You're going to have amazing entrances from Cena and Rusev. You're going to have the amazing entrance from sting, probably Bray Wyatt and the undertaker. This is, this is a show that'll have some matches deliver, but the spectacle of it is really what is going to be what you remember.
1: And L cool. J. I mean, (laughs)
0: fine. And and the ladies love cool James. That's right. (laughs) Right. Yes.
2: You, you said something about Sting the next night on Raw. Do we think he hangs around after this, or is he
0: well, gone? I, I think he may show up on Raw at some point, but like, if they're building up to possibly a Sting-Undertaker match for the next year, and this is kind of the thought process you have to go for when you know we're thinking about who's going to win. Like, I try to think about what they could do in the future, even though that mostly hurts predictions, then it helps. But if they're going to try to fill up Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium at Dallas— with a Sting-Undertaker match that will have some hype behind it, both of those guys have to win this year. They have to. And definitively, too. Yeah, like it can't be, and I don't think they're going to have any DQs or wishy-washy finishes, but like Sting has to go over strong. The Undertaker has to go over strong. Monday night on Raw, you have those two face-off, and then a year from now in Dallas, one of your semi-main events is Undertaker and Sting coming off their wins at WrestleMania, and the loser leaves WWE forever or whatever you want to do. Sean, thoughts? Mike dropped.
2: That's right. I, I like it. It just, uh, I feel like almost more than talking about this WrestleMania, now I'm curious what matches we would think could actually be the draw for <laughs> Yeah, you know, fuck Sk- this WrestleMania. Let's talk about <laughs> WrestleMania 32. WrestleMania <laughs> 32 is going to be great,
1: guys. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to win. Okay, <laughs> WrestleMania 32, guys. <laughs> yeah, because you have the the caveat of... of you know, is Austin coming back or are they gonna try? I mean, I'm sure that they're gonna do everything they can to get Austin back. You know, what would your betting odds be that Austin comes back? Sean, what do you think? Not good. You don't think so? You don't you think he's just maybe there, but not
2: I he'll appear, but I really don't think unless they find someone completely unexpected that he would be excited to work with, mm-hmm. I think Austin's at that place where he just has Chick, no interest Magnet in writing. Punk. That was Probably the best shot. Yeah right. yeah, right. He seemed legitimately interested. Maybe he was putting it on. I don't know. But I don't know that there's anyone that would be someone he'd say, okay, I trust that I could have a great match with this guy, not make a fool of myself. He's not going to hurt me. He's going to be safe and not leave me in a wheelchair or a wheel ATV in Austin's case, most <laughs> likely. So... I'd be surprised. I'm thinking that it most likely is just an appearance, maybe a guest referee shot or something for him. Rob, what do you think about Stone Cold next year? Because this recipe
1: sucks, so what yeah. you talking about next year? I,
0: I just, it's one of those things where I don't ever see him coming back because he's got other mm-hmm. stuff going on. and like, You're not seeing Edge come back to wrestle. You're not seeing Shawn Michaels come back to wrestle. I don't think it's one of those things that Steve Austin really himself needs to do. So unless the money is really great, like what's the incentive for him to come back and risk his health after 10 years away? Because it's been a long time that he's actually done anything like this. I just don't see Steve Austin coming back, although I can certainly see Vince trying very hard to make it happen. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What what would be our hypothetical main event for WrestleMania 32? Now, real quick, before we get into the main event of
0: this terrible WrestleMania, but it'd be Steve Austin and CM Punk. well i mean and i say that sincerely just for the fact that okay if you have steve austin coming back and you have a guy like cm punk out there and you can promise him the main event and if he was coming back working with austin i think that's the one match that punk says they they couldn't screw me out of the main event like that is the main event nothing is going on top of steve austin's return to the point where he might come back because do i think in january he's still going to be training as a ufc fighter absolutely not (laughs)
1: Uh, when's his fights? Cause then that day after it will stop his he's a, uh, day. He's of. a
0: one and done. They sign him to the six fight contract, yeah. not because they want to keep him as a fighter, but because they want to make sure he doesn't do anything else in fighting. If he decides to keep doing it, it's not because they think he will. So I, you do your one fight. It's over. He gets the blessing to go back to WWE. If he wants to, I, if punk does that, it would be for the one match. He's not coming back as a full timer. He's coming back for that one thing. And WWE is desperate enough to fill out Cowboy Stadium that yeah. they'll agree to bring back CM Punk for this match, give him what he wants, give him the main event for only that one night. Like everything would come together perfectly to where if I thought Punk was ever coming back, that's the show to do it.
1: Sean, so what is your hypothetical WrestleMania 32 main event? Possibly
2: Les. <laughs> hmm. I got to go with Lesnar versus Sid. no 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 seriously i think the only real story that they have with people who are currently in the company Mm -hmm. that you could tell that might be able to draw that or to be a compelling enough story would be daniel bryan versus lesnar i think that is such a david versus goliath story and it's something where everyone who watches is deeply invested in both of these guys Mm -hmm. that I don't know that that would do it, but I think that would be the thing that might have the best shot of doing it short of, again, bringing back an Austin or a Michaels or... And honestly, I don't even think... Maybe if you could get The Rock back, do The Rock versus Lesnar match? And you know, he's he'd probably be...
1: Yeah, to me, I was actually going to bring up either The Rock... um, Or my, my thing, this is the one that I kind of think we've been talking a little bit about when, you know, you sort of officially pass the torch in a lot of ways to me. And I know like a lot of people are not, we're not going to like it. Trust me. I don't like it. But John Cena, Roman Reigns is like, to me, when, when you talk about Vince McMahon, something that he would sort of envision as, yes, this is the time where Roman Reigns, at some point John Cena gets the title back and then Roman Reigns beats him or, you know, Roman Reigns something like that That, to me. and, And again, that's not what I would do. That's absolutely not probably the right idea but when we're talking about Vince McMahon and what he does I mean that to me screams something that he would want to do is have that be and then that's your moment where John Cena then is that's that's it for him not that he's done and retires the next day well no, you can do that if you really want I mean they're not going to but that's when he sort of is done as one of the guys and that's when Roman Reigns is officially the guy and I don't know if Roman Reigns is the heel at this point and then he turns back baby I, I don't know what happens you know, in that next year. But that's, to me, one thing that I see them hypothetically saying, you know what, hey, what 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 could be our potential top draw? Because you look at the rest of this roster, and I think that's an indictment of a lot of this roster, is that once, and, and it talks about this WrestleMania, you get all those part-timers out there, you don't re-sign Brock and CM Punk and Steve Austin don't come back? Who the hell do you have on that card? It's amazing when you know, we've we, he. You know, Sean brings up Brock Lesnar; he might be gone. You bring up <laughs> Steve Austin and CM Punk; they're not there. Oh, oh, yeah, he's there. That, like, you know what I mean?
0: That's like, the total, really, It's the total Jeez. hypothetical match. As far you as brought Austin. up The Rock too. Yeah, <laughs> like, who's left? I mean, Triple H isn't even an option, really. I mean, he could be, but he would be. He'll he'll wrestle on WrestleMania next year. I'm almost positive mm-hmm. of it. I, I can imagine Sting's probably going to be back for that show. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin and CM Punk is the most hypothetical of hypotheticals right now. Yeah. I could easily see them doing John Cena and Roman Reigns or whoever the big top two guys are, John Cena and that person. And again, whether it's the you know passing of the torch or whatever it is, you got to put John Cena in a main event. If you're not going to have a guy like Steve Austin come back, if you're not going to have The Rock come back, anyone else, you have to put John Cena in the main event because he's your biggest drawing card but we don't even know what's going to happen by then because I'm still amazed when the WWE network started, like everything that's happening now, we all figured would happen where the importance on pay-per-views becomes less and less, but I did not expect it to be so soon. And I can't fathom what'll happen in one year from now, after everything we've seen in the last year, like where are we going to even be at by this time next year? As far as importance on Mm pay-per-views, because the importance is Monday night raw.
1: Right. And, and we mentioned that. We knew that was coming. And I think you, you brought up the point exactly is that we we kind of knew it was coming. And then there was those few initial pay-per-views where we we're like, oh, wait, never mind. Like, they're still pretty good. Like, there were a few really good cards on those W Networks. And they were building being built, like, you know, business as usual. Now we're starting to get in that thing where they're starting to realize, hey, look, this is the, this is what pulls the card is the, the TV. The weekly TV is the – big. see, I don't know. Yeah, is the, and that's that brings up, I mean, the hypotheticals. Yeah, I mean, you're going to, you know, Cowboy Stadium and you're trying to put a ton of people in there. But at the same time, you're also, I, it, it's weird. Do you pour a ton of money into drawing that, or do you pour a bunch of money into, you know, I, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But let's let's talk real quick about this main event here Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, thoughts on the bill, thoughts on
2: the match, and who's winning here? They made the decision and they've stuck with it to the bitter end. And I mean, like I said, you, like Rob said, you, kind of, you have to applaud that to some degree, I mm-hmm. guess. They, had many opportunities to change course or to add people or do something to this. And they said, we're going to see it through. I think at that point you have to go with the obvious conclusion. You've been building up Roman reigns essentially since the breakup of the shield. Yeah. It's been almost a year now that we've been building and building up to the moment where reigns finally becomes the man. And I don't know how, unless you're pla unless you've suddenly totally got, immense cold feet and decide that the reigns push needs to be killed before it ever truly starts with him as a champ you got to go with reigns winning the belt and michael cole yelling about the roman empire and everyone's shutting off their tv and going well that was something (laughs) rob what are your thoughts
0: i mean i Again, if you stick with the plan this far, you got to stick with the plan all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Roman Reigns winning the title. If they really want to do a shock at this point, you could have Seth Rollins come out. You can have Brock Lesnar win. But we thought the last couple of years there might be cash ins and it doesn't happen because I don't think Vince wants WrestleMania to be about the final, like a cash in like that. I think he wants it to be about what he planned ahead of time. And his plan ahead of time was Roman Reigns getting coronated on this show as the next big deal. And the only way for that to happen is for him to pin Brock Lesnar, one, two, three, and the show goes off the air with Roman Reigns celebrating. And hopefully the crowd will be into it because that's almost one of the things I'm most excited to see is how the crowd responds during Brock Lesnar and Roman and after the fact.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, there was been some interesting talk, you know, people talking about people are going to be upset that Lesnar's not re-signing and that sort of stuff. I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever. They're going to be 100% behind this, Brock Lesnar at any point. I mean, that 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 is unfathomable to me is yes. that the people would be you're leaving. Or, I mean, that, that's and that's it's kind of funny how different WWE has has there what they've done to their audience over the past 10 years. And in in some ways where that used to be seen as, wait, you're leaving. You're an asshole where now it's like, yeah, get out of here. This place sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like people are going to be cheering this guy. like, yeah, get the hell out of here. Go like, like, think about that. It's unbelievable that we've gotten to that point.
0: People look back to when Brock Lesnar left at 2000 and say, well, it's the same situation. And it's really not Brock Lesnar right now is the biggest star on the show. He's a larger than life star. People think he is legit. Back in 2004, that was a completely different Brock Lesnar. People were Mm -hmm. betrayed by Brock Lesnar wanting to leave their show. Right now, they would think he would be super cool if he left the show because the people don't (laughs) care about the show. They care about Brock Lesnar. They're like, yeah, go back to UFC because you're the only badass on this entire program.
1: It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but I'm right with you guys. Roman Reigns, I mean, there's no... Even if they do re-sign Brock, let's say in a a world that they do re-sign him, I still don't see why you would have anything but Roman Reigns winning, holding the title up, confetti falling, and then, yeah, as you said, you know, the Roman Empire, yeah, Michael Cole, this is the dawning of a new era, the Roman Reigns era. Like, that's, I mean, that's the reason they've done this, the reason they haven't changed is that's the plan. I mean, a year ago, this was the idea. We knew it. We, we, we've we been talking about this for a year, and as, as people said, I mean, in a way, you kind of have to... Credit them for that is that they've stuck to their guns. It's just not been the thing that we wanted or that a lot of fans wanted. But to be fair, this is what we kind of call for a lot of times is like, you know, have an idea, stick, go with the plan, do this, and they're doing it. But it just happens to be with a guy who in that year has not taken a leap that everybody kind of thought or or isn't ready for that leap. But this is it. I mean, that's, I I do not see a single scenario where Roman Reigns does not walk out as champion. Right. No cash ins, nothing. No, I just, it's just there's that's no the idea. I ends. mean, the, the confetti is falling. Yep. They do a long shot of the crowd, and that's it. And we sign off, and that's mania.
2: It would be amazing, though, if this whole time we talk about how they're holding true to their course and they've been had this plan forever. It would be wonderful if the plan the entire time had been that's why they gave Rollins the briefcase mm-hmm. all the way back <laughs> <laughs> and eventually it leaks out that this has been the idea all the way since the shield breakup that here's what we're going to do it's unlike i know it's not the case but it would be such wonderful forward thinking i would I'd be so proud of them if they had done that.
0: <laughs> we were planning this ever since the Shield breakup that Rollins would cash in money in the bank against you Roman. You guys don't give us enough credit. <laughs> right, because the fans no. would be hating on Roman, even though he was the super guy at that time. We care. <laughs> we listen. yeah, yeah. Long game. <laughs> they, do. they listen. They, they knew what was going on. Daniel Bryan, I mean, we didn't even know when he'd come back, but we knew it would be WrestleMania. He would be in a ladder match. Seth Rollins <laughs> would be our superstar. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's WrestleMania 31, people. Uh, thirty Yeah, 31, right? WrestleMania yeah. play. play. WrestleMania play button. WrestleMania play button. Uh, we'll have, obviously, on the website, we'll have previews, reviews, all that good stuff. I'm mean, going to have a review. Nobody wants to review the goddamn thing, but everybody wants to preview it. So we'll definitely have a preview. It's going to be me, and, be and, me the and you, Rich. Me and you
0: are reviewing night. the show.
1: Yeah, it's just you and I. That's fine. Yeah, you're, you're down for the review, so we're, we're good. So now we'll, we'll have plenty of coverage. Uh, Joe and I, when we come back on next week, we'll talk a little bit about it, but we probably won't go into in-depth detail about it because it's – we, we kind of did it there that's in it. our, our – the fact that every time we started with, yeah, the build's been kind of weird. <laughs> or like, I don't really like this build, but, like, that's that's what it is. So uh, you want to move on to ROH in Chicago? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So we were uh, – we both attended. Uh, this was a part of their um, – The Conquest Tour, which is a weekend uh, double shot. They did a one in Milwaukee and one in Chicago. Uh, We went to the Chicago show, which drew remarkably well. And I was kind of surprised when we walked in there. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Uh, 1,200 fans, which, uh, according to Dave Meltzer in this week's Observer, was the the biggest Chicago crowd in years. He didn't specify exactly when. But having gone to a bunch of shows, for me, the last one I remember being that good is the the Ladder Wars. uh, That was 2000 and what was that? Seven or nine. I don't remember. One of the two, it was the, uh, the El Generico steam versus the Briscoes ladder wars. Uh, I remember that being similar uh, at least by a thousand, but, and some people brought up like an anniversary show they had a few years ago uh, as possibly being close, but either way, one of their biggest houses they've had in years in Chicago, which is a a, a good thing for a town that doesn't even have the TV. So, um, I think we can officially conclude as, as Robert, you mentioned it at the show, that Cliff Compton is a top draw.
0: I was amazed, but yeah, I mean, you can't deny it at this point. I mean, half the I mean, crowd really left. Can. Half the crowd left after his match, and then of they course did. came back so it was intermission. But still,
1: <laughs> but they <laughs> left. I mean, they they left the building. They got out. They went seats. to merch tables. Yep. They just did not care about what was going on in the ring during the intermission. So <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, and yeah, and there wasn't any other big stars that I can recall. I mean, Jay Diesel. I guess that was cool that he was there, yeah, it but was,
0: uh, it was Samoa Joe drew the house. It was ROH drew seven hundred. Mm, that's an. Uh, hmm. So interesting theory. I don't know. ROH <laughs> their 700 it. Samoa Joe packed in another 500 and that's, <laughs> and that's your ROH. I mean, that really is right. Trent Beretta probably added two or three and you know, mm-hmm. that's your ROH crowd right there. They wanted to see Samoa Joe back because Samoa Joe is a big deal in Chicago. He's one of the guys who were there. You know, he built up the Chicago area along with Sam oh, yeah. punk from early on in ROH. This is one of their guys and they came back to support him, see him because it was most likely the last time they'll ever see him on the indies unless they know he's going to AAW here in April.
1: Right. And Sean, you could speak to that. I mean, you are probably a person that you're you're probably that that sort of demographic they're talking about, the guys that have not been going to Ring of Honor shows a lot oh, lately. God, yeah. But Joe was on the card. I used to go when Joe was there. I'm going. Yeah. And like I haven't been to a ring of honor show in two years. Same, and I haven't yet. stopped going to yeah, oh yeah. So you're right there too. I mean, we we were we are, and, and Warren Taylor came all the way from you know Kentucky, and I am assuming he doesn't go to every single. I mean that that's we're talking about. A, we got a group together, and I don't think any of us would have gone if there wasn't Samoa Joe on this card. I mean, there's
2: no way I would have gone. No, that's entirely a, I, it, it's one of those old man moments. It's like I was sitting over there for Joe versus Punk too. Right. I had the poster from that night. <laughs> well, we Steve.
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, we, we have specifics because when we started talking about getting tickets to this show, Samoa Joe had just been announced and we all get together and we're like, hey, do we want to go to the show? So on, so on. When we first started talking about it, there were tons of fourth row seats because they do first, second, third, and then fourth through six are all the same prices. So yep. like, let's get fourth row seats. Why not? All of the tickets were available. We waited one more day and Samoa Joe was announced without even having a match announced for him. And all those seats were gone. Yeah. It went because Samoa Joe was announced. People were into the Samoa Joe announcement before any match was made. And I think ROH was smart about that, not, an amount, not announcing a match for him, because we all knew it was going to be Michael Elgin, but like we didn't want it to be. <laughs> and then it happened, and it was like exactly what we talked about at the show. Like You have Michael Elgin and Samoa Joe there, and it ends up being an excellent match, and we're all excited to see Samoa Joe, but I would have never gone to the show had Samoa Joe not been on the show.
2: Yeah. The last ROH show I was at, was Joe's previous last Chicago wow, okay. appearance when he made the uh, appearance to have a match against Tyler Black? That was
0: was that the
1: Windy City Fieldhouse?
2: Um, it was at uh it was at Frontier. Was it okay? Because he had a, I think
1: I went to the send off the Samojo send off. Yeah, the... this
2: was after he was in TNA for a couple of years. Oh, okay, okay. He came back for like a one night shot, and it was not because like they were taping with the DVD or something at that time, and there was like questions about whether he'd be ah, okay able to be seen. But yeah, he. It was his last appearance for ROH in Chicago until just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, the events
1: as a whole? We can talk about a few of the matches th- that I thought really stood out. It's obviously J.D. Silvers versus Wilford right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> ACH, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, I thought was an excellent, excellent match. And all things considering, I know Sean isn't the... Uh, I, even though I joked at the beginning, he is actually not the biggest Jimmy Jacobs fan what? in the world. But uh, ACH, I love.
2: And I thought this match was incredible. This is my match of the night. It was a very good match. All, all kidding aside... Uh, I love watching ACH. He's one of my favorite things out on the indie circuit these days. He's he's at this point in name that I will if I see he's on a local card I'll It's going to improve your chances of uh, I'll make time for yeah. it instead of just, oh, the wife's out of town or something. It's like if he's on a card I'll say, okay, <laughs> honey, you're staying home. <laughs> yeah, I'm clearing out a couple of hours for this.
0: Right. The to finish off the statement about since we're all getting nostalgic about our last ROH Chicago shows, <laughs> mine was in 2008. April because I remember it specifically for Kota Ibushi versus El Generico. Like that was the reason why I went Yeah, Nigel McGuinness and Kevin Steen. And there was uh, the machine guns face the Briscoes. Like it was a pretty stacked card, but I went to see Kota Ibushi 2008. It's a long time. Like Samoa Joe brought me back after seven years to watch ROH driving three hours to Chicago, a pretty big deal. ACH versus Jimmy Jacobs was awesome. Live. It was also a match that's going to play really well on TV because he had Matt Seidel doing commentary and they have the Matt Seidel ACH tandem growing there in ROH. You have Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer doing their story for Jimmy Jacobs last match at SuperCard of honor. So it's really a match that played both well live as well as what you're going to see on TV. But yeah, I would say probably, uh, I mean, it's a contender for match of the night. I thought Samoa Joe and Michael Elgin was really good. I really like the tag team match too, but absolutely a good showing for Jimmy Jacobs who I'm a big fan of. And I'm not saying that sarcastically because I've worked with this guy, and he is a pretty awesome human being
1: yeah and I, I, that I think that gets us into a nice little transition here about the big news about him and and as the show was going on, I got a uh, somebody was actually uh, sending me direct messages and saying, hey this is you know this is a thing that Jimmy Jacobs is going to be at the time they were saying he's going to NXT as you know a creative guy, and then we hear that now he's going just straight up w w e creative uh Rob, you having worked with him what are your thoughts on jimmy jacobs and and, and- is this a good is this a good fit for him well, I mean he's always a guy yeah. that that we sort of knew you know from on the outside looking in, we've always known of him as a creative guy we look at the, some of the angles you've done and, and Sean will perhaps talk about whether he likes and didn't like about a lot of them but he was always a guy that had creative ideas even matches you could tell in match he had ideas about stuff and and I don't particularly say I was a big fan of him I I don't know if he was the greatest performer but I always sort of respected his desire to have different ideas about stuff or to, to be a different than everybody else.
0: Absolutely. I, this is a guy when I was doing shows that he was on, and it was mostly in IWA mid South and, and Chicago area and whatnot. But this is a guy that, you know, guys like Chuck Taylor and Ricochet and the younger guys would go up to Jimmy Jacobs and ask advice on their matches. And Jimmy Jacobs would just be sitting there waiting for people to come up to him. Like he's, he's super approachable. He's one of the nicest guys ever. He's had his own issues, but he's always seemed to fight back from him. Um, I, he's WWE creative because all of those guys are WWE creative. He's working with NXT. He's going to be yeah. down in Orlando, working strictly with NXT uh, with Ryan Ward and Ryan Katz and all those guys. Uh, but like we were all at that ROH show and we're leaving the building and I kind of disappeared. Like You guys were out of the building. I was, I was disappearing through the crowd because this is one of the things that I was hearing about during the show too. And I had to go catch up with other people that we're working for Ring of Honor that I wanted to just say hi to and also ask a little bit about this. But it's pretty cool. Like, I never thought he would get an opportunity like that. I think he'll do perfectly down there because he's a guy that's approachable. He's a guy that makes sense out of things that, you know, don't seem to make sense when you first give him an idea, but he'll make sense out of it. Uh, he seems perfect for what they're trying to do with making NXT a touring promotion and like an indie favorite. So I think it's a perfect fit for him. I'm super glad he's getting the opportunity because I know he always wanted to work for WWE. It just wasn't going to happen as a wrestler. So yeah, good for him. Good for him making a career finally out of this business, something he's been trying to do ever since he was like 18 years old.
2: All right, Sean. All right, since this may (laughs) be the end of Jimmy Jacobs as a wrestler for at least the time being, I think it's time for me to make make my peace with Jimmy. Okay, good, good. Because there was a time long ago that I actually really liked watching Jimmy Jacobs. Okay. He had fuzzy boots back then. <laughs> and I'll... For people that didn't know, that was when he first...
1: Uh, one of his first Ring of Honor things, he was doing a a, uh, a berserker-like yes. tribute <laughs> act.
2: What would you call it? Was it a tribute? I don't even know what it, you would even... It was, it was a berserker homage. Yeah, that, okay, that's a good word, yeah. <laughs> but at the time I found him entertaining... I enjoyed some of the stuff with the Ballad of Lacey and I'll I'll, I'll say that one of the bigger pops I've better angles I've seen in ROH show was when Lacey finally made her return for one night to wreak, wreak vengeance on Jimmy and help help destroy him. I think Jacobs is going to be a useful component for WWE because I haven't always liked the angles that he and I'm assuming that he's creating them since all the angles around him tend to be kind of similar. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate the fact that they try to be something different. They try to take in more modern forms of communication. They try to be sort of multimedia angles.
1: Age of the Fall is a great example. I mean, it it ended up being a total train wreck when it actually happened because it just... It it didn't have the legs, but the build to it was... Because it was there was a blog that came out and this blog was writing weird stuff and they were on like the Ring of Honor forums and like trolling people and yeah, being weird was and like weird
2: things happening and, and i i like that people
1: in the crowd there was like weird people in the, and we're kind of seeing it right now in Ring of Honor a little bit but there were like these masked men in the crowd that were just hanging out and being kind of weird <laughs> and like just odd and like it, it was it was a really interesting because at the time i mean we're talking what that's 2000 yeah I, I keep blanking on the time it's either 2007 2009 it's one of those two that i'm thinking and then we have you know where blogs and a forum and, and like a weird Facebook page is like that was, and that people weren't doing that. People weren't using or utilizing that yet. That was almost a forward to what we kind of see now with social media type angles. I mean, he was doing something like that way before that. And then, you know, maybe it was all Gabe Sapolsky that said, Hey, this is the, I, I'm tend to believe. No, i tend to believe that was more Jimmy yeah. doing that. It had a more darker, it had a feel like something Jimmy Jacobs came up with his head, but it was really an interesting story. Then it kind of happened. And then it, 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 progressively, you know, by, by the weeks, which is kind of not worth it. But yeah, it was, it was interesting to that point.
2: Yeah. I'm, I think it he's going to be good because one of the things with NXT is it's wonderful, but every, sometimes it can get a little vanilla mm-hmm. once in a while. They, I mean, for every wonderful Kevin Owens sort of thing, there's, there's enough space in, in there where it's like, okay, someone can add some color to this. Someone can take this a little outside of the box And I think he can be useful for that. I just always was irked by watching him, and I don't even know why. And I have nothing against him, even though I may have given off that impression (laughs) from time to time. You're right, yeah. But, and... Maybe I'm a little happy for him because it means he won't be doing the indies anymore.
3: <laughs> See,
1: I knew you were never serious. we went to an AEW show not that long ago in Bruin and he was doing a street fight. And uh Rob, I don't think you were here for this one, but uh so they're doing a street fight, I forgot who it was, Jimmy Jacobs versus somebody, and Jacobs like falls and he is like, I'm not even kidding, like two feet away from Sean at this point. And I said, Sean, you've said how much you hated him, and here's the time. Like now you can you know do whatever you wanted to this guy. Like you can punch him, you can kick him, you can spit on him, and you did nothing. You sat idly and watched and shook your fist. I think.
2: To be fair, there's a lot of wrestlers in the AEW locker room, and they would probably cause me grief. yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm a coward. In <laughs> I'm, <way. driving. laughs> I'm an online wrestling fan. It's my duty to be hateful from behind a keyboard <laughs> and to yell things from the anonymity of the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I have a job here. <laughs> But no, yeah, I,
1: I think he's going to do well here. And, and and I think a lot of the frustration with Jimmy, at least for me, was he had stayed in Ring of Honor for a while. And that, that was that was commendable. But he was always sort of the old hat that they could go to. They could always sort of, whenever they needed a, a guy to be in the, not main event picture, but sometimes he was. And I don't know if he was ever that. I think he was a lot better being lower to mid or whatever. And I think that's where you mentioned NXT. And, and Rob, I'm interested in your thoughts on, on sort of how he does that. I think that's going to be good is to give some... Some juice because you know, Rob. I, I think you're one that always talks about it too. We enjoy NXT a lot, but by and large, when people say it's a really good show, and yeah, and this year in 2015, it's been a really good show. But for the most of 2014, when people were saying, "Oh, this is the TV show of the year," this is the best TV show. It was a really boring show. It didn't do anything in. A, it didn't do anything offensive, but it wasn't really exciting. I mean, it, they've they've had a really really good 2015 in my mind. Then again, the last few shows have kind of gotten in that little bit of a malaise. Do you think he's going to be an asset in sort of, as Sean said, adding some juice to these guys and having some different sort of angles and different sort of creative aspects to, to how guys get in the ring and, and why they're, you know, motivations for why they're
0: fighting? Absolutely. I, absolutely, I do. Because one of the reasons they're bringing him up is you have all these indie guys now. So the guys who are popular for the last five years on the independent scene, you're going to have the Briscoes up there. You got Kevin Steen. You have El Generico. You have all these guys who are popular on the indies. Jimmy Jacobs was there for all of it. He knows what worked on the indie perspective. Everyone up there in creative doesn't know exactly what worked on the indie no. perspective because they were in WWE. They know who these guys are, they know they're popular. They don't really know what worked firsthand. Jimmy Jacobs is going to be able to uh, give them that perspective and not just to help the former indie stars, but he's going to be down there being able to help the Tyler Breezes and the, the Hideo Itamis kind of get that perspective of what U S independent fans like in their wrestling and help them kind of go more into that mold. I mean, I see guys like Tyler Breeze and Baron Corbin getting the most from Jimmy Jacobs help than even like the Finn Balor or the guys who don't really need it right now. But I'm really excited to see what maybe positive influences he puts down there. Um, Whether it's, you know, just helping the women, whether it's just helping some of the non independent stars Whether maybe he doesn't have much of an influence at all early on because he is the new voice there. They've done pretty well for themselves without him. Uh, So we'll see what they kind of think about that. But as far as who we know are writing that show, I think they're going to welcome Jimmy Jacobs with open arms. I think he's nothing but a positive down there.
1: I think you brought up a really good point about what's worked on the indies and we've seen NXT as of late, it's been successful doing a lot of the same stuff that I mean we look at when we look at the angles that at least in my mind of the ones that I've enjoyed the most over the past, you know, five years of WWE, most of them have just been reshreds of what was done, you know, yeah. in, in, in yeah. especially in Ring of Honor. We look at the CM Punk summer of punk thing. I mean that 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 what that was until like Add Kevin Nash into it. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you don't want to believe that that actually happened. But. Just
2: imagine how great Kevin Nash could have been in our own. Right. Exactly. Right.
1: He probably could have. Yeah. Just coming in and like being an asshole. Booty. You know you what know like it would be like? Morishima. It'd be like when Sid was in ECW. Oh, good. Yeah, the miracle on like or the uh, the beat down on like 31st Street or whatever. That horrible. <laughs> pay-per-view was or whatever but yeah we look at like you know the the current steen you know zane thing is very it's it's that's steen generico or the owens saying i i mix it up every time we said we're going to do that because he's just kevin steen <laughs> wearing a different shirt but it, that 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 is the same thing that we've seen and, and then you know summer punk was was very similar there's been a lot of angles where where you can tell that they probably brought in these guys and and cm punk or or, or steen and zayn have said hey you know what uh we did this thing and you know ring of honor and it was really cool and they'd probably i'm sure the writers or i'm sure somebody heard hey let's bring in somebody who knows what else like because Jimmy Jacobs, to his credit, has been everywhere. And that's what I'll never yep. criticize him for is that anytime I've been to a show in Chicago, whether it be Chikara, whether it's AEW, whether it's it's you know Dream whatever I've been, he's there. He's always, always there, whether for better or for worse. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh come on, like really Jimmy <laughs> Jacobs is here too. Like, can I just have one show where he's not there? But for better or he's seen it all. I mean, he has been in almost every major independent promotion or been at the center of most in- major independent stuff. As you said, Rob, for the last 10 years, that's
0: that's significant. That's a nice brain to tap into. Well, it shows that not only can he network well, because like you said, he's been everywhere. He makes friends. He knows how to stay on the positive side of everyone he's ever met, from wrestlers to bookers to people who will pay him money to put him on a show. And he's done this without the best body for pro wrestling. You know, with with problems that he's had himself, like he's been able to stay in this business. I have no doubt he'll thrive in WWE. I just hope he's there for a long time. I hope he's Mm -hmm. he's not a guy that's kind of forgotten about or rubs people the wrong way because he's the new guy or whatever. All the horror stories that you've heard before. But I think Jimmy Jacobs will be a success story. I don't think you're ever going to see him wrestle like even in dark matches on NXT TV. He's he's a writer now. He works for WWE. Yeah, This is a perfect job for a guy like that. I love it. it. I'm excited for it. And that was the best thing about ROH Chicago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Silas Young, uh, four-way match against Matt Taven, Mark Briscoe, Roderick Strong. We were all unabashed Silas Young fans during this match. It was pretty awesome. Silas Young's the man. He's so cool. (laughs) If you haven't taken in a Silas Young match live and really just understood what he's all about, you got it. I mean, you're you're missing out on, on the... I won't say, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. He's not the most interesting. He's not the best. It's not, it's just something that you kind of have to be there for. He's great. He's just so fun live to watch. It,
0: it was fantastic because we were making this story in our own heads. Like the, sto- <laughs> the story of this match was Silas Young as Roderick Strong's father, like showing him the ropes and beating up guys. And then he would let his son do the rest of the work. Like it was, he was stone cold Silas Young on this show.
1: It, Jimmy Jacobs is going to listen to this and go to NXT. and The first thing he's going to pitch is like exact storyline like this, which is fine. Do it. I will enjoy watching it. Well, so it,
0: you look at the guys on this card and like his gimmick is that he's the last real man. And you know what? He's probably he right. <laughs> right.
3: Damn
1: right. He's right.
0: Like this was a match that I had high hopes for just because four ways and ring of honor are usually good no matter who you put in there. But Silas Young was the star of this one in a match that consisted of Mark Briscoe and Roderick Strong. Silas Young was the superstar and he actually won and got a title chance later almost.
1: (laughs) Yes, he did. (laughs) Uh, The next match after that was, without a doubt, my match of the night. Sean, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts. Jay Lethal defeating Cliff Compton in a street fight. I had to bust out the rarely used sixth star. Yes, right.
2: Properly right. That uh,
1: way. we, uh, I don't know how much of the match you actually saw. We missed the first 15 minutes cause they were like brawling out in the crowd and nobody could see anything. <laughs> the best chant ever during this yeah. was the, this sounds awesome chant because nobody in the arena could actually see cause they were fighting by like the merch table and there's, you know, we're not in an arena that like goes down. Like it, it like we're all level. So it's kind of hard to see what's going on. Rob, uh, Jay Lethal, Cliff Compton, how how much did you love it? Did you love it or just really, really love it? Um, you
0: can only choose one of those two options. Yeah, so, so the Beer City Bruiser versus Cheeseburger. Was pretty, <laughs> right, that was great. It was pretty fun. Uh, I mean, this intermission was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a match I had no hopes for. I mean, Jay Lethal was stripped down to his underwear, which I thought was kind of odd because, you know, I thought the comedy stuff was over with him, yet he's still kind of doing this comedy gimmick in this match. Um, I Cliff Compton. I never heard the pop that people said he was gonna get. Like, I didn't see how over he was yeah, in Chicago. But
2: no. Sean, do you have any theory on the Cliff Compton thing?
0: We were asking
1: people when we met him, like, at, at the show when people were coming by. We were saying, by the way, maybe I'm out of the loop. Why do we care about Cliff Compton? And like, we th- this match was set up that you should care that Cliff Compton
2: is in this match, and nobody cared. They tried to heat it up at the beginning, running having Martini do the promo about cliff compton and screaming and yelling about it and it once compton came out you could hear the twine on the basketball hoops waving in the (laughs) wind. it was so quiet that was the most sedate crowd for a street fight that i think i've ever been to live
0: it's similar to uh, a lot of people pointed out and if you watched nxt tv this week they had the nxt tv from columbus ohio and Alexa Bliss was on the show. She's billed from Columbus, Ohio. She was not a fan favorite for the most part because most of the yeah. audience there was not really from Columbus, Ohio. It was a thrown together audience from all over that came specifically to see the show. And that's kind of what ROH was here in Chicago. You had a lot of fans who maybe haven't been to ROH lately. A lot of fans who probably drove from longer distances to see Samoa Joe. It wasn't the good timing. For Cliff Compton, because it wasn't an all-Chicago crowd, and that's what hurt him. And that's probably—I mean, if he's this over guy hey, in Chicago, didn't I don't know.
3: I—I
0: could be missing it. I have no
1: idea. He's buddies with cold. so I guess that makes it. him over. I have no idea. I, I i don't get it. Like people said, well, he's over in Chicago. Like I've never heard of anybody tell, ever tell me, "Oh my God, Cliff Compton's going to be on the show. Do you want to go?" I've never heard that. I—I I assume he's over in
2: very limited areas. Colt Cabana's go, apartment. Like Colt yes. Cabana's house, or right whatever studio comics yeah. living in. <laughs> but other than the only thing I remember from that match, other than the resounding silence and boredom was the momentary awkwardness of watching Cliff Compton use his belt to whip a uh, <laughs> stripped down Jay lethal and thinking that maybe I'm just dealing with white guilt here. Or something. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs>
0: because let's be real. Everything is equal. Jay Lethal got some shots in on Cliff Compton. Are we feeling upset about that? No. We're feeling no. upset the other way because you're racist. Well, yeah, I yes. mean, there is that. That's, that's, right. <laughs> that's basically it. Because otherwise, if, you're, if all is equal, like, okay, that man is belt shotting that man. Now the bad guy is finally getting his comeuppance. Like, that's what it is.
1: Well, the, the best part of this, ma- at least, I mean, if there's one silver lining in this match, is that Jay Lethal did the old school street fight, the Ric Flair, Nick Bockwinkel street fight style, where he came out in full suits. You know, we oh, talked yeah. about how he got stripped down, but he came out in a suit, and that was, at least I could give it up for that. It wasn't the, Cliff Compton came in the standard Chicago street fight, taped fist, jeans, tucked into your, you know, the boots with the jeans tucked in, and the, the taped white fist. I mean, that that was, that Chicago street fight through and through, but Jay Lethal said, fuck that, I'm wearing a suit. So Jay Lethal, Those yeah. are his street clothes. Right. Exactly. He's like, I don't wear jeans. I'm not I'm not a bum like you. So then we had intermission. Um, as you said, everybody left during after the clip content match because they'd seen the main event. Uh, believe it. They, they decided, hey, you know what? Screw it all. I guess I'll come back and watch the rest. So they all came back uh, to their seats for the well, rest of the card. Cheeseburger is a draw. Cheeseburger. I mean, once they heard the Cheeseburger's music, they had to come. Uh, we don't have to talk about Cheeseburger versus Beer City Bruiser. Let, let's
0: uh, let's talk about how much this Tommaso Ciampa promo died. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Yeah. So it, 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 if people don't know, and if you didn't read reviews, uh, Champa came out and he did uh, a rarity in Ring of Honor, a worked shoot promo thing where he says he's no longer under contract, but he's, you know, rebel and da, 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 da. You know, there's only like six of these going on right now in Ring of Honor. I, um, when he came out, he started talking and I got up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I waited in line for 10 minutes at least and, peed, came out, and the motherfucker was still in the ring talking about the same stuff, and I was like, what did he just talk about for 10 minutes? Because I couldn't hear anything, so I came back and asked you guys, what happened, and how did you describe it? Strong, what would you describe whatever this was?
2: I was going to the concession stand because he bored the crap Oh, so you were there too. (laughs) Okay, so Rob, you listened, maybe.
0: He said within the first minute that he was a free agent, and then for the next 10 minutes gave bullet points to support that fact. (laughs) That was it. I mean, he comes out talking about how he has no contract, how he wants how they want to sign him, but he hasn't signed an easel to. to... Yeah. And then that's basically it. Like the idea I think was to promote him as the next challenger to Jay Briscoe, because honest, (laughs) honest to God, I think he's going to be your next champion. I really do. But that was basically, it was 10 minutes. The crowd was getting bored. He was saying the same things over and over again. And we finally had, I think Silas young interrupted. And that basically led into our title match. And people loved when Silas Young interrupted because it yes. meant Champa was done finally.
2: <laughs> That's it was it was amazing watching Young cut a face promo, essentially, with full on, these people out here have problems too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then instantly transitioning back into heel mode for the match against uh, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, what do we think about this match? I was kind of indifferent to this
1: one. Um, it, it was okay, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Everybody loved Jay Briscoe. He was super over. But it, this, I never thought quite got going.
0: And this was a match in the show where I think it was the first match we had all night, aside from the romantic touch dark match, because everyone knew, (laughs) but this is the first match of the night where it's like the result is so predetermined that Mm. it doesn't matter what happens because Silas Young was not going to be the first guy to pin Jay Briscoe just wasn't going to happen. So you're just waiting for it to end because we still had the Samoa Joe match that everyone was waiting for. And I think this is where it really hit people. That, like, we're just waiting for Samoa Joe at this point.
1: Yeah. This is, that's, sort of, that, and I, I was kind of similar, too, because the, the next two matches I thought were, or the next, well, there was kind of two matches here. I thought were really interesting, and they were guys that I were interested in, but at that point, I, I'd seen Jay Briscoe, I'd seen yep. the ROH title. I kind of was like, yeah, all right, time for Samoa Joe. And then, you know, next match was, you know, RPG Vice is uh, Trent Beretta and, and Rocky Romero, um, who's replacing, Trent Barretta's is replacing, obviously, Alex Kozlov as the, the tag team partner of Rocky Romero, and they're going to go to New Japan versus Red Dragon. And it was a, uh, you know, It was like a proving ground match or whatever where if Brett and Romero won, they would move on and get a title match immediately, and they did. And this was a match that I should honestly really like as a a site that covers New Japan for wrestling. This was them trying out their their future New Japan matches (laughs) and saying, hey, what are we going to do? How's our spots going to be? What's this? That's through and through. It was worked like they were in the goddamn Tokyo Dome getting ready for it. Yeah, and I still was just kind of like, yeah, I'm ready for Joe and Elgin, and I like this match, I really did. But there was sort of a, and the crowd kind of had that too; they were into it, but it was like, okay, time for Joe. Like, yeah, thanks, guys. All right, <laughs> like Joe's coming out next, right? <laughs> it's like that's that's kind of this would have been if this was in the beginning of the this was the one of the first four matches. Mm-hmm. No doubt, this would have been considered a, you know a potential match of the night. People would have loved it. People would have been way into it. But at this point, they just people weren't. They wanted some more Joe, and they didn't really care anything else.
0: Yeah, they they were working this because they have limited time here they're going to be in one of the more important matches at a huge new Japan show. Like they had yeah. to get things tight here cause they don't have a lot of time. So they were working a wrestle kingdom main event match here. And it was excellent. Like, you know, Trent was coming into this crowd who I think was a little unsure about him because he's former WWE guy still in a lot of people's minds who don't follow PWG. So it, it was an interesting reaction to them. The crowd loved all four of them. I was really into this match. And you got to see what the future of the junior tag is going to be like in new Japan for the next several months.
1: And it's certainly better. Uh, you, you would, I think agree that it's better than uh, Alex Kozlov. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Is, vice, I mean, that, that's nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. Rupunke vice, the theme song worked. I like the theme song even shouts out to Chucky e. T during the middle of the theme song, which is excellent. So <laughs> poor Chucky. E. Absolutely. So you have Beretta and Romero as this tag team. And like, I didn't care at all about the forever hooligans. But now, like, they're one of my top teams that I want to watch. Like, just that easy.
1: Sean, what did you think about this match or this combo of matches? Because, because Brett and Romero won the first one, got their immediate title match, and then Red Dragon won. So it was kind of, it was odd in that sense. But
2: yeah. best of two falls ties go to the champion.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm calling match. it a it's one single match because that's, but yeah.
2: No, that was, for me, it was definitely a good shot of adrenaline because honestly, the Briscoe Young match, I feel like the, like, I'm just, done with Jay Briscoe. I mean, the whole invincible backwoodsman thing is just... I've, I've seen it enough. I'm ready to have him do anything else. Well, don't worry. <laughs> it, and, it's coming soon. So. Oh, yeah. So, that that match was... It was fine, but other than... It was pretty much the crowd gets to go, yay, Jay Briscoe. You're here. You have a big beard. But, yeah. The, the, the Red Dragon versus Beretta Romero match... I hadn't seen Beretta work really in forever. Mm-hmm. So seeing him actually be able to keep up with that pace and that style as well as he did was 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 really exciting for me. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think you remarked too on, on, on
1: Twitter, I noticed this, that you said that you can really tell that that's a guy who was in the major leagues at some point because you thought a lot of the stuff he did – you know, was a little bit more profound. Is is there anything that you specifically thought, remembered from that, that he did that really resonated more? Cause I think you said that, that he was, you could tell that he was a a guy who had made it there and knew a little bit more, had a little bit more Christmas to him or or...
2: two, two things that I particularly saw it in his facials. He projects his facials out to the far reach of the crowd when he's making, when he's trying to show pain or trying to show that he's ready to do something and he's rearing to go. He he gets, he really does a little more of just... I want to show everyone... Because I'm used to showing it to an arena. Yeah. And when he sells... The motions are just a little he's broader. Crazy. They're a little bigger. He <clears throat> he definitely still acts like a guy. And I say this in a good way. Yeah. He, he makes it all very big. And that he's working a bigger room... Than he's in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good. Because God knows... With matches like this, it can just become so much of a move, 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 move. Here's my move. Here's your move. And he grounded it in a different way than, than you'll have it grounded by a guy who's just really keeping the match together. Mm-hmm. So I, I like watching him. I think that as you see more of these sort of WWE cast off dudes getting out into the indies that it's going to force people to, especially as IPPV becomes more prevalent Mm -hmm. and people are working the cameras more, I think that's going to be a skill that they're going to be able to make some use passing along to others. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, we'll get to our main event now. Obviously, this is one we were all waiting for and here for Samoa Joe uh, defeating Michael Elgin. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you thoughts on the match. I mean, obviously the Joe entrance is cool. Everybody was getting their streamers out and their cameras out. And it, it was, it was classic Joe entrance. It was really cool. Uh, were you, you know, was the reaction, what you thought it was, were you a little disappointed? What did you think of Samoa Joe's entrance? And then what'd you think of the match itself with Michael Elgin?
0: Yeah, the, the reaction was exactly what I thought it would be. That crowd, you know, had waited to see him all night long and probably some of them for five years and they got it. And they, they gave him the heroes welcome. They got the streamers and, that was the one thing about ROH I never missed is the fact that everyone got streamers. I mean, Silas Young was getting streamers on the show, and I could love Silas Young, but let's be real, folks. But the, the reaction— you know,
1: was- Let's save the streamers let's, for— let's yeah. save the streamers. <laughs> Cheeseburger got a few streamers. That's—I mean, and Cheeseburger's a good guy. I, I love Cheeseburger. Uh, but yeah, he—you he, he should probably save the streamers but, for, for Samoa
0: Let, Let's be real. But I, it's, it's to that larger point, and Sean mentioned it with Jay Briscoe, is Samoa Joe is leaving— the briscoes are going to be gone. Jimmy Jacobs is leaving. And all the talk has been about how, how is ROH going to recover from all their talent leaving? And to me, it's not so much that all the talents leaving, you know, ring of honor to go to NXT. It's not like NXT is killing ROH, but we talked about how there's really no one left in line. That could be a potent challenger for Jay Briscoe. Like, like, is it Tommaso Ciampa? Like, that's the only guy I can see getting the next title shot that would actually make sense. And if he's the next champion, it's not that NXT took all the talent. It's that ROH doesn't have depth of mm-hmm. talent already. Like, it's they just don't have anyone on the second tier who can come up and be a big star. And Michael Elgin was probably that guy. Michael Elgin worked this match. Uh, again, like, it, he was trying to be the tougher guy out of two tough men. And it didn't work out for him. Samoa Joe gets the win. He's on his road to Supercard of Honor, his own road to WrestleMania, if you will. Uh, I thought the match was exactly how I thought it would go. I, I still wasn't excited going in. But after the fact, you know, it was a it was a competitive main event. It was hard-hitting. We got to see all of Samoa Joe's regular spots. And I think he delivered. He definitely delivered in his presentation because I had seen TNA Fat Samoa Joe live. (laughs) Yes. And this was ROH peak Samoa Joe. And I just think the presentation, the match worked exactly how everyone thought it would. And it was an excellent end to what was a pretty good Ring of Honor show.
1: Uh, Sean, your thoughts, Samoa Joe, Michael
2: Elgin. Definitely a greatest hits of Joe match, which is exactly what the crowd wanted. They wanted the Ole kicks. They wanted... They wanted the clutch, they wanted muscle busters, they wanted Joe just slapping the hell out of people it was never intended to be a ba- a match where there was really any doubt about the winner. Right, nobody thought knew. at any point, nobody cared about any of the near falls. They d- they knew Michael Elgin was not going to
1: win this one. This was, and, and that's that was reflected in the in the audience too. I thought it was pretty interesting that anytime Elgin was on offense, people didn't care because it was just an inevitability that yeah. whatever he's doing here is not going to matter. I mean, he can do this move, he can do a power bomb, he can do whatever the hell he's going to do, it's not going to matter because Joe's going to get up, Joe's going to muscle bust him <laughs> and Joe's going to win. Like at, at whatever point Joe's going to kick the shit out of him, slap the shit out of him, do whatever. Like, Mike Hogan's not winning this and it doesn't matter. And that, I'm fine with that though. That's right. exactly what we all came to see. We came to see a greatest hits of Samoa Joe. That's I think right. we mentioned it too that Samoa Joe could be a literal mop bucket against <laughs> Samoa Joe and he would have done, people would still have gone ape shit. He would have done the OA kicks on the, on the outside and people would have loved it. Like, it did, he could have put anybody in
2: this, anybody in this match and it would have been fine. It was interesting the first half of the match, especially, it looked like Elgin to me was having a lot of trouble moving Joe's weight. In the second half, he seemed to be better about being able. I mean, I know at one point he did what seemed like an almost a deadlift sort of yes. pull, on him, <laughs> which was amazing. But there were a couple spots in that first half that looked like he just did not know how to carry Joe around properly. There was a German suplex I remember that was just ugly as hell. And I I was worried if if Joe had a neck, I would have been it have been broken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, small shoulders, but no dick, that, but. that
2: worried me only because my thing with Elgin is that the few times I had seen him he seemed like one of those guys who's just ridiculously strong along with everything yeah. else so that that got me worried it's like if he's not able to be strong as, as an ox then there's not much there for him but he picked it up in the second half it was a fun match we got exactly what we wanted yeah. out of it would Which- buy would buy a yeah,
1: we we got the Samoa greatest hits. Uh, did we did we include Sid in that segment whatsoever?
2: Yes, I I mentioned him regarding comparing him in with ECW.
1: Ah, right. Okay, okay, right. So if you're scoring along at home, yes, that was the uh, that was the one we had. Um, all right, let's talk a little New Japan here, uh, and then we'll uh, we, d- d- TNA. Do we care? Do we care anymore? I do. You I wanted think... to talk TNA real quick. Let's I let's don't do want to that before.